episode three. Last time we saw you, I was desperately behind Chris Matthews in my record. And this week, I'm still desperately behind because Chris only <laughs> lost one game this week. Unbelievable calling by Chris Matthews. I'm trying to tell you, man, I got the keys to victory. I know what's going on. Somebody needs to come and, and, and scoop us both up because we're, we're, we put our heads together. We'll have an amazing amazing record against anybody i put our record up against anybody i'm saying like where's espn right now where's cbs where's the seattle market right now like we're waiting for you guys to pick us up we're waiting somebody somebody uh uh gino holler at us somebody i'm about to say <laughs> but before we get any further in the show i do want to shout out one thing Today, we are sponsored by Boston's Big 3 Shop. If you guys actually haven't checked out our new website, we have a new website, bostonsbig3.com. We put out some dope merch, all Cam Newton-oriented the past couple weeks with some GRD stuff, uh, Green Runs Deep basketball stuff mixed in for the Celtics who are clawing their way back in the Eastern Conference Finals. But this is a football show. We'll stick to football. Cam Newton line just came out. Pence and Chris Matthews gear coming up pretty soon as well. Chris, want to talk a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, definitely, man. We got some things going on. I got some, you know, I got some stuff working on in the back of my head that's going to brew up uh, some some controversial things. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it will definitely have some people talking and also some things that are just be on the, uh, you know, on the, on the good side, you know, you know, for people who don't want to argue about football or anything like that. And we've never, we've never really been afraid of being controversial, have we, Chris? Because I'm putting no, on a shirt next week that says Jared Goff isn't good at football. And while he threw, th <laughs> he threw three touchdowns last week, but I guarantee you he'll poop his uh. too anyway. But let's get right into it. The first game of the week was the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns Thursday night football. And Cleveland comes away with the narrow W, 35-30. to 30. Baker Mayfield, 16-23, of 23, 219 yards, two touchdowns and a turnover. Nick Chubb. 22 carries, 130 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and receiving Odell Beckham Jr. For the first time, we've actually seen him break out four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. What did you see from Cleveland this week? Man, I seen a, a, a highly motivated team. I don't know if the head coach probably got in them a little bit or something, but they were ready. They came out to play. And I wanted to just take, off, take my hat off to that run game and the wide receivers blocking for them. Mm -hmm. uh, because runs are run, you're not going to get those runs unless wide receivers are out there blocking. And, you know, Jarvis Landry has always been a, a stickler on uh, making sure he blocks that, you know, blocks for run game and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, Odell did his thing as well. But, you know, overall, I think uh, Cleveland did a great job with, you know, you know playing, uh, playing against, playing against the team. And, and they made, they made a great, they made, they had a great game for sure. Definitely. And if you guys want to check up on Chris Matthews' accuracy, ask Ladarius Webb if Chris Matthews can block downfield. That's a receiver block right there. <laughs> anyway. Hey, 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 he is always talking to me about, man, you can't get open. You can't run around. I'm like, well, let's lace him up right now. I'll you blow know? you up, I'm about to say. <laughs> we'll do it right now. Uh, I love it. I love That's it. I love my it. my guy, Ladarius. Definitely. Uh, but, and again, you hit the nail right on the head. The run game was unbelievable. Like we said, Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. But, again, Kareem Hunt, 10 carries, 86 yes. yards, and a touchdown. I'm going as far to say that this is the best backfield in the NFL. Yeah, I, I believe that. I definitely believe that that is, you know, the best backfield. I mean, a lot of people has been, you know, they've been saying, you know, oh, I think uh, I think the uh, the Broncos they have the best run game or uh, Dallas you know but right now right now I think the one two punch is coming out of Cleveland they are 
something else. And it's the depth thing, too. Like you said, like Ezekiel Elliott, yes, obviously top three running back in the league yes. right now. But then Tony Pollard isn't sniffing what Kareem Hunt is right now. Mm-hmm. And it goes no. back and forth with that. It's all about the depth. And Cleveland has the best one-two punch in the NFL. Getting to the Bengals, though, Joe Burrow, who actually became mm-hmm. the first rookie in NFL history to throw 60-plus passing attempts without turning the ball over. Joe Burrow will be something special very, very soon. He was 30, 37-61, 316 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions. This kid, mm-hmm. Joe Cool showed me a lot on Thursday night. While he couldn't pull out the W, his defense are 35 points. You can't really yeah. win a football game when you're out dueling like with that with your defense. But on the ground, Joe Mixon gave him absolutely no help. 16 carries, 46 yards, a grisly 2.9 average yards per carry, which was mm-hmm. just embarrassing. Joe Burrow had a better average yards per carry running himself. When you look at the receiving help, though, Tyler Boyd balled out seven catches, 72 yes. yards, and a touchdown. And my guy, C.J. Ujma, four catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. This Cincinnati Bengals team, and I said this on our pregame show, our preseason mm-hmm. power rankings here, mm-hmm. that Joe Burrow would have an easier transition to the NFL than Kyler Murray did because of his surrounding weapons. And I still do believe that. But without a defense, Joe Burrow is going to need a lot of help to win a couple games this year. Yeah, no, definitely. The defense has to step up. Uh, you can't be giving up 35 points in a game and expecting to win. Um, you know, def- you know, the game is always going to end up falling on the shoulders of the defense. So they have to they have to find a way to step up with that. Uh, I know that uh, Atkins is hurt right now in the middle for them, but they need they need they need some help. They need some help. But let's talk about let's talk about the offensive side. Uh, you you were saying that Joe Mixon wasn't giving them no help, but I think the real problem is is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was not giving them any time to set up and throw the ball or just to give Joe Mixon a lane to run in. You know, Joe Mixon still needs still needs the offensive line to set the hole up. He can't just set it up for himself. You know, so you know, they 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 sure up that line a little bit more, you know, cause some more conventional plays instead of, you know, all these dynamic runs that they're trying to come up with. Uh they'll be good. Uh, I think I, – I, I, and, I, and the only reason why I say that is because I, I like Joe Mixon a lot. He's a, good, he's a good runner. Yeah, so I like him a lot too. I think he made a good point about the offensive line. They didn't really give him a lot of help there. But I will say even on the runs he did break away from, he wasn't really impressing me on Thursday night. And while that's rare for him, I think it's still fair – it's fair game to criticize his game because no matter – you know, bar none, excuses or not, he didn't have a good football game. So we're going to move yeah, on no, here. No. Yeah, exactly. We're going to move on here. Tennessee and Jacksonville. Now, this was actually a mm. nail-biter towards the end of the game here. Yes, it but was. But the Titans pulled it out 33-30. to 30. Ryan Tannehill, who I shit all over this entire podcast <laughs> series, was unbelievable on Sunday afternoon. 18 of 24, 239 yards, four touchdowns and no picks. That's a legit stat line from Ryan Tannehill. You got to start taking back some of your words about some of these quarterbacks you've been uh, you've been talking about. Dude, I'm all clickbait. I've said this so many times. I'm all clickbait. And it gets me attention. And it works because guess what my podcast with? Chris Matthews. That's all I'm going to say. It works. It works. Anyway, Derek Henry on the ground, 20 carries, 84 yards, no touchdowns, but a 3.4 yards, a carry. And Jonu Smith, who's really breaking out this year, four yes. catches, 84 yards, and two touchdown catches. He's a legit weapon downfield. No, he definitely is. I like him a lot compared with uh, with Corey Davis that's sitting out there on the outside. They they they're doing a great job out there, and Tannehill is making those right reads. And you know, it only helps. We don't, and it definitely helps that you have Derrick Henry in the backfield, who's holding the defense true to the run game, and is you know allowing them to pass a little bit more than they usually would. Uh, I, I feel like Derrick Henry was having a great game. 
Uh, but, you know, of course, everybody is keyed in on him. You know, King Henry, if you have that kind of name, you know, people are going to be looking for you. You're not wrong about that. On the <laughs> other side of the football, the Jacksonville Jaguars, while they took the loss, had a great football game as well. Gardner yes. Minshew, Minshew Mania is still continuing in week two, 30 of 45, 339 yards, three touchdowns, but also two interceptions, which actually mm-hmm. ended up costing him in mm-hmm. the long run. But the surprise of the day, and he had a great game last week as well, James Robinson, 16 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown, 6.4 yards a carry. That is a great stat line for the young uh, running back in Jacksonville. Yeah, man, definitely. He's coming on. He's coming into his own skin uh, with the team. I feel like, you know, they keep on working him in and uh, allowing him to run the ball. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna produce a lot. Uh, you know, he's a short guy. I, I think he's like 5'7". You know, I'll give him 5'8". You know, you know, I know short people don't like to be called short. But, you know, I, he's low to the ground, un, you know, behind those off of those huge offensive linemen that they have out there. And he's, 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 he's going to be amazing for sure this year. And a little bit of a tidbit here. Uh, the second leading rusher was LaVisca Chenault, the receiver. Five mm-hmm. attempts, 37 yards, no touchdowns, but 7.4 yards a carry. Now, I look at that, and I think this is a new trend in the NFL. You saw it last year with A.J. Brown in Tennessee with a lot of these reverses. Mm-hmm. You saw it with Debo mm-hmm. Samuel. You saw it mm-hmm. with Nikhil Harry last year. And mm-hmm. now you're seeing it with LaVisca Chenault. Do you think this is like a new trend in the NFL where the receivers that are kind of bigger bodied are taking these carries, kind of taking defenses by surprise? It, it, it is. It is because, you know, well – Honestly, now that I think about it, it has to be even before then because Green Bay was doing it with uh, with Montgomery, number 88. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was doing it a lot for them. So um, I think it's just something that's really just starting to catch on now. Uh, you've seen that Curtis Samuels was was definitely taking a lot of reverses and and handoffs in the backfield. When I say I, I could have swore I seen him take a handoff in the backfield, and he actually got positive yards off of it. So you know, like they say in the NFL, the more you can do the longer you're going to stay on this team. Exactly. That's a great point. I really do think versatility is the name of the game now. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I've been such a non-believer in rushing and receiving stats being exclusive. I think scrimmage mm-hmm. yards is the only way to judge a player by character. Mm-hmm. Look at Christian McCaffrey, right? For rushing yards, he's not mm-hmm. going to be top five, top three in the NFL every year, but scrimmage mm-hmm. yards will be top three guaranteed every single season. It's about how you can affect the game in every facet, even on special teams. And so when you look at it that way, when you have these bigger body guys who are now taking you know, these handoffs, taking snaps mm-hmm. out of the backfield, mm-hmm. it's dynamic playmakers they need that can actually catch the football one and know yeah. how to play the game. It's, it's kind of getting away from the athlete point of view and getting away to the mm-hmm. football player, which is I, I love that trend. Exactly, but I feel like I feel like you know people pay attention to the scrimmage yards when you know the, ter- the the certain type of player that you have when you know that he right. is you know a running back, but he catches the ball a lot. That those are the type of players that you look at them and they're like, okay, yeah, he's balling, he's balling for real. I'm with you on there. Uh, going to receiving here, uh, DJ Chark was leading receiver on the day, four receptions, 84 yards, no touchdown. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Keenan Cole, who's really having a great early yes. part of the season, six receptions, yes. 58 yards, and a touchdown. He actually had a couple last week, if I'm not mistaken. What are your thoughts on Keenan Cole? Man, that dude is he's, – he's definitely nice, man. I like him. I seen him – I was watching the game, and I was watching him, you know, get open off of these uh, a couple of one-on-one coverages. Mm-hmm. You know, I've told you before, Joe, if you if it's man to man, you're open, and they were throwing it to him. So he was making those catches, man, and I I, I like him a lot, man. He's doing good. DJ Chark uh, as long uh, right right along with him. Those those are two good wide receivers. Is going to be good for a long time. 
Right, but like you said, man coverage means you're open, but it also means yes. you're getting the hell of what's coming at you. And Gardner Minshew, yes. while he played composed <laughs> most of the game, was rattled. Those two interceptions came off those man blitzes. So he's looking yeah. at it on both sides of it. There are positives and negatives. When you have an experienced quarterback, say like a Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. doesn't phase them as much. With these younger guys who are still kind of iffy in the pocket, that's when it starts to come mm-hmm. back. So keep that in mind as well. Going to yeah, the next he'll, game. He'll, he'll get it. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. I, I'm with it. I'm, I'm team Gardner Minshew. I'm full Minshew mania. I really hope he, he avoids the tank. I really do. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not on the train yet, but I'm starting to. I, I think I bought a ticket. I'm just not on yet. Chugga, chugga. Let's go, Chris. Chugga, <laughs> chugga. All right, going to the next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. Tom Brady's first home game in Tampa Bay, and they get the W, 31-17. But I will say, this is not – a Tom Brady victory. And we'll get into that after the stat line here. Tom Brady, 23 of 35, 217 yards, a touchdown and a pick, a very pedestrian day for, for the, the, the greatest player of all time. And while you have a great run game in Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, who had a combined, I think, 126 yards and three scores on the day, you don't have to be a lead passing. But I think the expectation going into, you know, this season alone was Tom Brady was going to throw 50 touchdown passes. They were outrageous expectations mm-hmm. for this pass-heavy offense that Bruce Arians mm-hmm. typically runs. Mm-hmm. But you're starting to see now, maybe Tom Brady's suffering from OMS, old man syndrome, where you start to kind of see a decline in passing yards Ooh. and a lot more rushing. And I say that with the utmost respect. <laughs> I do, but you saw it with Peyton Manning in 2015, right? So 17 yep. interceptions, the defense carries him. He gets outplayed by Brock freaking Osweiler. You mm-hmm. see it in Brett Favre, his 40, uh, 41st year old season. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. 20-something plus years in the league. His second mm-hmm. season with the Vikings after he throws that horrendous pick in New Orleans. He mm-hmm. comes back. People think, oh, they're going to reload for one more chance, and he sucks. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to see a little bit of OMS and Tom Brady. And I was expecting to see it next year. So it's worrying me that he's, he's kind of showing these signs this year. But as long as they're winning, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. But I told you, Tom Brady, when we had that argument last week about the championships and who won it, I've been trying to tell you, man, Tom Brady is getting old. Mm-hmm. He might be the GOAT. He might be one of the best in the, in the NFL, but he's getting old. But overall, man, it doesn't really matter. Right. You know, I, I like I like what, you know, we'll get into we'll, we'll get into Drew Brees a little bit later, but I like uh, what he said after the game. He said, he's, I'm not here to throw the ball down the field a million times or or, you know, things like that or run the ball. He's like, I'm here to win. And that's what Tom Brady is there for. He's there to win. And you put you surround him with Leonard Fournette. You surround him with Ronald Jones, uh, Shady McCoy. You know, he actually had a good – he had an okay game as well with catching the ball, even though he dropped the ball at the end in uh, in the end zone. But, you know, he had a solid game. And then, you know, of course, you're throwing it to, to Mike uh, to Mike Evans. And, 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 and that was a breath of fresh air just to see a big receiver get the ball, you know, down the field. And he actually was able to get it down there. It was back shoulder throws. But nonetheless, it was still uh, laser point – I mean, laser point throws. So – uh, I, I'm, I'm all with Tom Brady in the, in, uh, in the uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Definitely. And speaking of Mike Evans, seven receptions for 104 yards and a touchdown. Yes, sir. He definitely benefited from Chris Godwin being injured with a concussion this, this, this uh, week. But Chris yeah. Godwin concussion watch, probably back next week if I had to take a guess. No, does, that sure. low, does that lower Mike Evans' production? I think it, it really does. Because when you look yeah. at we talked about this beforehand. As we said this on the first episode we ever did together on our interview series. Mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. Chris Godwin would have a better year than Mike Evans would. And I still stand by that. And I saw that in the you. first game. And so when you look at it that way, like Mike Evans' fantasy holders, might want to mm-hmm. give, 
sell high right now before he yeah, starts yeah, dropping production. Because yeah. I'm taking him. <laughs> I would take him right now. My receivers are not doing it right now. Sammy Watkins got knocked out. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I need somebody to help me win a game. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and, and no show when I kind of highlight here. Rob Gronkowski, no receptions, no yards, no touchdowns. And he was only targeted one time. What is going on with Gronk in Tampa Bay? I'm going to tell you exactly what they're, what they're doing with him with, with what Seattle did with me. Okay. They're going to hold him out, allow him to be fresh throughout the whole year, and then when the playoffs hit, they're going to utilize him, and then they're not going to know what's going to happen. Just like, they're doing, just like Bruce Arian is doing right now, which my, this, is, this is only my assumption. I think that everybody knows that Bruce Arian is a throwing coach. Mm-hmm. His offense is predicated with to getting the ball down the field. I think that he's running the ball on purpose because not only do you have three really good running backs, but he wants to throw people off. You know, when now you're now people are going to be looking at them like, okay, we got to stop the run, we got to stop the run, we got to stop the run, and then you turn around in the second half of the season and they're throwing the ball, right? Every every two minutes. And we know that Leonard Fournette can catch the ball. Ronald, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones can do it a little bit. And, and Shady McCoy can definitely catch the ball. So I think they're setting themselves up for a really good uh, second half run, to be honest with you. This is them just trying to get, the, you know, get their legs under them right now. That's an interesting take, and I like that a lot. But I have a question mm-hmm. about something you said before that. Did okay. you know that Seattle would use you in the way they did in the postseason 2014? Or were you just praying that they were going to use you that way? No, I was just praying. I was, oh, just, okay, okay. I was honestly praying. I didn't know. I was gotcha. just praying. But I'm, but I'm more than, I'm more than sure that that's what people do, coaches do in, uh, in their, in their franchises. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Looking at the other side of the uh, of the game here, Tampa Bay 31-17. Carolina, tough day for Teddy Bridgewater, 33 of 42, 367 yards, or yeah, 67 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater turned the ball over a hell of a lot this game and didn't run the ball yeah. a single time. That kind yeah. of concerns me. While he didn't run the ball very well, he handed the ball off very well. 18 mm-hmm. uh, uh, runs for Rick Christian McCaffrey, 59 yards and two touchdowns. And through the air, four receptions, 29 yards, no scores. Kind of a down day for the entire Carolina offense mm-hmm. um, in general. And it's a tough defense to play against. I think to hear Whitehead play a phenomenal game for Tampa Bay. Yes, he did. The he is, he he's, a he's emerging game. to be a real star in that defense. I think he is too. And even a guy like you saw, Antoine Winfield Jr., who had a great game, yes. the rookie. Uh, so this defense, you said it earlier in the year, is going to be a scary defense. And I'm starting to believe it. You see Jason mm-hmm. Pierre-Paul on one end. You see uh, Shaq Barrett on the other end. You see Levante David. You see Devin White. Now you see those two safeties that are emerging out of that, that back, uh, backside of the defense there. It's going to mm-hmm. be scary to play in Tampa Bay in the later parts of the year. It's starting to look like 0-2. It's starting to look like 0-2 Tampa. Mm-hmm. Oh, two Tampa defense because Definitely. that that defense right there, nobody wanted to throw the ball or run the ball on them. They just wanted to three and out, kick the ball, kick the ball. Let's get out of here. Hundred percent. Going to the next yeah. game here, Pittsburgh and Denver. Now this is where everything went to shit in week two. The injury yeah. started to pile up, and it was a very mm-hmm. bad week for injuries, especially for your 49ers. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. Pittsburgh well. takes a W, twenty six to twenty one. Ben Roethlisberger, twenty nine forty one. 311 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. James Conner on the ground really carried the load for them. 16 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. 6.6 yards a carry. That's very impressive from the pit star. 
yeah, twenty nine to forty one is not is not necessarily good. It's okay just to get the job done, but uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure they're gonna figure it, they're gonna figure it out. Uh, the Steelers are looking uh, scary right now, mm. to say the least. Uh, their defense, you know, with Bud Dupree and Joe Hayden out there, they're out there running amok out there on that defense. Uh, I like I like I like I like the Steelers a lot. Um, Juju Smith, he's doing a good job out there. You know, James, uh, uh, James Conner, he's, he's running the ball. Excellent. Um, it was just a boring game, you know, it was a boring. It was game. one of those games that, you know, it was one of those games where you can fall asleep on the couch and then wake back up and catch the end of it. It was yeah. one of those type of games. It was like but, baseball. You know. It was like baseball. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what exactly. it was like. Exactly. Uh, but it was a great point you made. The Pittsburgh offense is really turning on all cylinders here. And there's a reason why. A lot of these playmakers, while there haven't been huge names in the past, are really starting mm-hmm. to pick it up now. Deontay Johnson, eight receptions, yes. two yards and a touchdown. Chase Claypool, the rookie, three catches, 88 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, Juju's an important part of that offense. Eric Ebron from Indianapolis comes over to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He has three catches for 43 yards. It goes down the line. James Washington, three catches, 22 yards. Jalen Samuels, who's a running back receiver combo, which I am in love with. I love those hybrid mm-hmm. players. He had yeah. a touch for four yards as well. This team is very deep offensively, and people don't understand how deep they truly are. And they, they know how scary the defense is. It's the Iron mm-hmm. Curtain part two. When you combine the offense, which is scary good on the low-key level, and mm-hmm. the defense is scary good on the high-key level, it's going to be a very tough team in the AFC. No, definitely. I, I agree with you. I can see them coming up with a lot of wins in their division. Uh with, with 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 the stat line that you gave me uh, that you gave us though with the with all the receivers catching the ball that just sets you up that just sets them up for the future to come mm-hmm. as long as Ben Roethlisberger is still there. That's a great uh, point. That just lets you know that they're trying to spread the ball around, and that means more receivers is going to want to come over there and contribute to that and get the ball. I'm with you there. And for a while, before Ben Roethlisberger officially made his comeback, I was thinking the Steelers were going to tank, and they were going to take a guy like Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I think that would have been a great match. But now I'm looking at it. Ben Roethlisberger is performing well so far. Yes, if he, he continues that through the next year, they'll have to wait on that pick. And I wonder if that's actually detrimental to them in the long term. But that's more of a question we can answer a year down the line. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they'll pick him up anyway because you know Ben Roethlisberger is 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 going to the end of the line, you know, for him. And as long as you know, along with a lot of other quarterbacks, you know, time is moving on, and you know, we need to get they need to get some fresh blood in there. And and I, for me personally, I will bring him in just so he can get groomed by one of the best quarterbacks uh, in history, mm-hmm. by Ben Roethlisberger, and and let him you know develop and flourish right and i'm with you but the way pittsburgh's trending right now they won't have the opportunity to take justin fields he's gonna go top five top ten in the nfl draft and yeah. so unless you have a historic collapse i really don't see them getting a, a top 10 pick this year i can see them i can see them i uh, I'll, we'll, we'll get into that another time we'll get into that i'll give you i'll give you my little hot take on that another time all right, all right. I, have, I have some things in my head though i have some things in my head that i'm thinking about keep them locked and loaded for me all right denver on the <laughs> other side of the ball drew lock goes down after a mere Sad. one for five uh you know passing attempts 20 yards total on the day and drew lock i'm actually a huge drew lock guy i was a huge fan of this youth movement in denver because for the mm. longest time i hated the denver broncos being from new england obviously the peyton manning led broncos were one of my worst nightmares <laughs> and i was so glad when he finally retired and they sucked for like three or four straight years 
But now that that hatred's dissipated a little bit, I'm a big Denver Broncos guy. I believe what Drew Locke's doing. I believe mm-hmm. in the Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman, uh, you know, yes. Phil Blinsey backfield. I believe in yes. this receiving room, which is incredibly deep with Cortland Sutton, Jared Judy, even Noah Font and K.J. Hamler. But the injury's starting to pile up, and this is the sad yeah. part. Drew Locke goes yeah. down, and he'll be up for a couple weeks at the very least. Cortland Sutton tears his ACL out for the entire year. A huge he loss to the Denver Broncos. Back. He just got back, so I feel bad for him. I play horrible for him. I really do. And, with, and it begs the question whether or not this, this Broncos deep – I mean, offense, I should say. I'm all over the place today. Um, the Broncos offense, what will they do moving forward? Like, we, I, we believe in Jerry Judy. I think it's established mm-hmm. from now on. His footwork's un- impeccable. Amari uh, Cooper clone in Denver. But like we said with Amari Cooper, it took him a few years to get you know, to the elite level status that he's at right now. Does mm-hmm. Jerry Judy fill those shoes as slowly? If he does, Denver's heading for a piss-poor record. And so I'm looking at this. His expectations were so high coming into the year. But now yeah. we start tampering them because injuries starting to pile up. And this yes. is a direct result of having no preseason, no training camp, because guys aren't getting hit enough. Guys aren't playing you know, live reps enough. Their bodies are not tuned to this kind of physical level. And so you have guys, these stars going down early. And people are wondering, hey, is it the turf? No, it's not the turf. It's that they haven't been conditioned yet. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're definitely right about that. It's going to take some time. I feel like the second half of the season, though, is going to be very interesting because a lot of people are going to be coming back in you know, making people pay for, you know, the time that they were off. But um, I agree with you with the Drew Locke. I am also a fan of him. Mm-hmm. He he seems very poised when he's out there. Um, he's not rattled. He's not easily rattled. Uh, he can run a little bit. You know, he throws the ball on a, on a dime, which is – which is a receiver's dream right there. And also, yeah, with Jerry Judy, yeah, I think he's going to be an amazing, I think he's going to be an amazing uh, wide receiver, but you know, those injuries, that's part of the game. You have to figure it out. And you know, COVID and all that stuff, not having the, the training camps and, and things like that, that's, that's, that's going to hurt, but somebody's going to have to figure it out. You know, it's, it's, it's sad to say, you know, and, and, he, and, and it might not be, it might not be Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be uh, Locke, uh, mm-hmm. Drew Locke. You know, it could be somebody else that's just sitting there that's like it clicks in their head and they figure it out. And, you know, you just have to move on. But that's a part of the game. And uh, I, I wish the best for them. I wish they have a speedy recovery. Um, but, yeah, that's the NFL. Yeah, 100%. But I question the Broncos' ability to come back from this 0-2 deficit simply because I do not believe in Vic Vangio's coaching just yet. He had well, an impressive – got to hang on the run. Huh? You got to hang on the run. You got to hang on to the run. I That's agree with you, you but I'm, I'm saying in general, when injuries start to pile up, the locker room starts to kind of get away from coaches typically because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we suck. We have none of our players and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's on the coaching staff to keep that, that morale level and keep their, their players, you know, on focus and on task. When I look at it that way, Vic Fangio hasn't really shown me a lot of leadership in this Denver mm-hmm. Broncos, you know, franchise yet while mm-hmm. last year down the stretch he had a great run there five and three to finish the season with drew lock as a starter coming in now he's oh and two doesn't have his quarterback doesn't have a star receiver out for the rest of the year what does he do to kind of re-energize that locker room it'll be interesting to see if he can actually get that locker room re-energized you know coming down the stretch of the season yeah definitely uh but i would say if anybody is in that locker room thinking that they suck they are he's already lost the locker room because if if you're if you're a guy that's sitting on the bench and you watch a guy who may be uh, first string, your third or your second, and you don't think that you can come in there and play and be the man, 
Yeah, you lost the locker room already. And so you also lost a lot. Of, it doesn't even have to take. It doesn't even have to take long. You also lost a lot of veteran presence, though. Look at a guy like Chris Harris Jr., who was there yeah. for forever, right? He leaves yeah. a gaping hole in leadership on the defensive side. While you're still a Von Miller, granted, that's still a big mm-hmm. loss in the secondary specifically. You look at it offensively, even, and there's, there's going to be losses all around the board. So I'm just interested to see how he handles the situation moving forward. I got a, I got a, I got a, uh, a hunch. Hit me. I got a hunch. I think they'll give up uh, Von Miller next year. Next year, not the deadline. Nope. Next nope. year. Next year. Nope. He has to. He has to. He has to prove himself. He has to get back healthy and and get back to his form. Mm-hmm. And once he do, and then once he do that, I'm pretty sure they'll get they'll get rid of him because you know he's a great player. I know they. I know. I know Bronco fans or wants him here. Wants him there for the you know for the remainder of his time. But you know, just looking into the future, and you want to get some people for you know for your for your players. You know, honestly, I mean for your team, you gotta. You have to make those tough decisions, and that's that's going to be one tough decision for him. Yeah, that, that's going to be a culture shock decision, I think, in general. For sure. But like you said, it's a new era in Denver, so it might not be yes. the worst move in the world. Moving yeah, on to you, the next game here, because we've been you know, on this Denver game for a while, and it was yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah, game. Yeah. It was a boring game. Yeah. Anyway, L.A. and Philadelphia, the match of the number one, number two overall pick from just a few years ago, Jerry Goff mm-hmm. and Carson Wentz who I have been mercilessly ripping on for our entirety of, uh, of our podcast here. But he had a great game. You credit where credit's due. Jared Goff was 20 of 27, 267 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. He had a great game. You can't knock him for, for anything he did. Even on the ground, he had a lot of help as well. Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown split the carry. 12 for 81 for a touchdown for the former and 11 and 47 for the latter. They had a great offensive game in general. Yeah, no, they did. Uh, I feel like this is this is a great offense for right now. Uh, future, future, future. In the future, are they going to be able to win games with this offense? I honestly, I don't think so. I would say they're no as well. To, yeah, they're they're going to have to do more. I don't, I don't, I personally don't like, even though that play. I mean, teams are doing it. I personally don't like having receivers running reverses every two minutes mm-hmm. or coming out the backfield. Like, I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in lining him up and letting them run routes and letting your quarterback make the right decision on where he needs to throw the ball or who he needs to give it to. Well, that's another thing here. Is Sean McVay covering uh, Jared Goff's ass when it comes to decision-making? Is that why Goff is be excelling this year? We don't know. It could be. But you might be on some. That's what I'm trying to say. Big brain <laughs> over here, Joe Stafford. But I agree with you. Down the line, it might not be a great uh, offense for LA to run, especially considering I'm not a big fan of their offensive line. Because yeah, no. Philadelphia's defense is not that scary, and they still had a pretty Im- uh, profound impact on that game anyway. But going on the other side of the ball here, Carson Wentz had a piss-poor day. 26 <laughs> of 43, 242 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. He had a touchdown on the ground, but at that point he only scored 19 points. So what, would you, what were your impression of Carson Wentz this week? Uh it wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't too. I wasn't too excited about uh, you know watching him play the game. But that's all. That's also a given because you're going up against arguably one of the best defenses in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have when you have uh, Aaron Donald that's in your face every two minutes, and then you have Jalen Ramsey that's locking down your your top your top receivers. Honestly, he's locking down players. He's not even guarding. You know, he's he's making plays, and they're they're the I can't really talk too much about the Eagles. I can only speak more uh, more about the Rams' defense because that's really what showed that game. That was another that was another little head nod type of a game. 
also speaks volumes about the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, which has been historically horrendous this season. And and it it shows in a stat line. But granted, Miles Sanders had a great football game. 20 carries on the ground, 95 yards and a touchdown. Also added uh, three receptions for 36 yards through the air. He came back from injury from week one. Looks great in his debut. But without an offensive line to kind of anchor this offense, they're not yes. going anywhere this year. No, they're going nowhere this year. And it's nowhere. sad to say, I'm a big defender of Carson Wentz, but you can't play quarterback on your ass, and you can't throw interceptions when there's no pressure, too. There's, there's, yeah. there's a balance to be struck there. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure he's done running. I'm pretty sure of that. He's I not trying to well. go out there and after that, knee, that, that horrific knee injury that he had. I'm pretty sure he's not trying to do any of that. We'll go on the next game anyway because the Eagles and Rams aren't really worth talking about anyway. There won't be yeah, players no, coming down the line. Not at all. But this was a tough game for you to watch, I'm sure. The San Francisco 49ers and the New York Jets. While the mm-hmm. Niners steamrolled them 31-13, to the Niners actually might have lost the day when it comes to injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an injury. Raheem Mostert goes down with an injury. And both of your star rushers, Solomon Thomas and Joey Bosa, or um, Nick Bosa, go down with torn ACLs. Coming from a Niners fan, you know, directly, what does that mean for the future of this team? It sucks. It's hard, but next man up. Next man up. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm looking at. I can't I can't go I can't go off of the injuries and you know worry about who's out, even though they're notable players. But you know, it's it's a part of it's part of next man up. Our game is predicated on the run. In our defense, you know, we have stout players on both sides of the ball. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I will say one thing I am worried about, because Raheem Mostert obviously carries the load for that, that team you know, in the run yes. game. And while you have a good yeah. backfield in general, Tevin Coleman, who you signed for a lot of money, mm-hmm. carried the ball 14 times this game and had 12 total rush yards. He averaged less than a yard a carry. Doesn't that concern yeah. you? Yeah, well, you got to think about it. You can't really give him the whole workload because he's just coming off of a knee knee injury. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's things like that that you can't really, you know, we can't really go full force into. Uh, you still got Jared McKinnon that's still out there. I'm pretty sure he's going to get more of a uh, more of a chance to to contribute to the team. Uh, who else do you have out there? Uh, I can't think of his name, but. You know, we have players out there that'll be able to step in. Like I said, we'll be able to step in and uh, keep the game, keep keep the ball rolling. And this, you know, I think it, this is more of this more of a, a, a coaching coaching team. Let's, let, I'm just gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. It's more of a more of a coaching team where our scheme is better than the other team, and not our players are better than the other team right now. I, I can see that. I agree with that as well. Mm-hmm. There's something ironic that happened this game. And it's a it's a good ironic. You have guys like Jimmy Garoppolo who go down, Raheem Mostert, your two star edge rushers. But then you guys have Jordan Reed, who's probably the most injury-prone player in the NFL, Mm -hmm. catch seven uh, passes for 50 yards and two scores. I was Mm -hmm. ecstatic to see Jordan Reed excel in a game where people just sold him down the river saying he wasn't worth signing. I love that for Jordan Reed. Yeah, no, definitely. I I, I really don't care about injuries. Injuries, as long as you're coming in there and, and, and you're going to ball. Now, we're not sitting here going to say that he's going to replace, you know, Kittle. But, you know, he's a solid player. You know, he was a first-round draft pick. So, you know, he's a reliable player. If Jordan Reed can ball out anywhere near the fashion where he did in Washington, 
this will be a scary two-headed dragon at tight end for the Niners. So I'm interested to see if he can keep this up and stay healthy is the main thing for him down the line. The New York Jets stat line. Ugh, this is gross to read, and I, and I say that as a Patriots <laughs> fan and as a football fan in general. If you're a New York Jets fan, I am actually very, very sorry for you. I, really, I, I mourn with you because every single year, every yeah. single decade, you guys suck, and it's brutal, and I would never wish upon my worst enemy. But my roommate's actually a Jets fan, so we'll keep it down. Really? He's actually listening. Oh, wow. He's a Jets fan. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I, think, I think it's uh, – I think it's um, you got to – we're talking about top level here. That's what it really is. We're talking about owners. We're talking about the owner and the GM. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about those two guys. Those two guys are the ones that needs to be out of there mm -hmm. because they're not giving, they're not giving the Jets any help at all. Mm -hmm. You're talking about, you gave up, you gave up Jamal Adams. Uh, you get, you, 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 you don't put, you don't put any, any money into your offensive line or your wide receivers. And you're just out there, just running around, just hoping and praying that you know your quarterback can save your life. And that's not the that's not the case. Your defense isn't doing anything. Like, what's really going on? I'm starting. The Jets are starting to get the same curse that the Knicks have on them, where they can't get anything going for themselves, no matter who they pick up. They need to change everything in there. Chris, I'm gonna launch something. I want Boston's Big Three Nation, Stafford and Matthew Nation, to back us up on this. Okay. I'm officially putting the ballot in. Stafford and Matthews for GM and CEO of the New York Jets. We're going to turn this team around. We're I'm putting the ballot in. Right now. I'm right now. Right now. We're putting it right now. We're, 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 we're going to actively go outside MetLife Stadium and campaign that you hire us immediately because I'm damn sure we know more about football than your past 20 GMs have. That's all I'm going to say. It is, it, is, it is ugly and disgusting how they do not care about – so it doesn't matter what they say on paper or, or in the news. It's the facts. It's the reality of the whole thing is that they don't have – they're not – they don't care about their team. They're, they're just collecting money from the stadium and, you know, from all the drinking and stuff when, you know, when it was when people were able to, to, to join the games. And now they're just sitting back just relaxing. Like, I don't know what they're waiting on. I don't know what they're doing. This is legitimately, like – the Cleveland Browns level of incompetence. It's yes. approaching that level. And when, it, when you approach that level, it's better to just cut bait, cut everyone loose, and just start from scratch. Every single person needs to go. And I, and I will start on this, and I'll go on that train right now. I've been a Sam Darnold defender, avid defender for the past two seasons. I am officially hopping off the Sam Darnold train. It's time for the New York Jets to draft another quarterback. It's about time. It's about time. And, and I feel bad say. because he's an SC player, and I love SC. Mm -hmm. I love SC players, and you know they're historically they've been really good players, especially coming out of. I mean, especially uh, a quarterback coming out of SC, your sky's the limit for you. You know, the only you mean Mark only, Sanchez? Yeah, I was just about to say Mark <laughs> Sanchez and John David Booty. They were like exceptions right there. But I'm, <sighs> but let's not say that Mark Sanchez didn't have a. I'm uh, with you. Didn't do good though. I'm with you. He did good at a time. He beat Brady twice. He beat Brady twice. Exactly. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, exactly. but we talk about the you know the New York Jets needing to cut bait. One guy they shouldn't cut is Frank freaking Gore who is 40-something yeah. years old, 20 carries, 63 yards. And while that's not the most impressive stat line in the world, the fact he's the only thing going for your offense right now is embarrassing. How about we hire him as the GM next time? They need to do something. They need to let him do everything, to be honest with you. Let him throw the ball, too, I guess. <laughs> you know? 
he is an epitome of an of of a professional. You know, Frank Gore. You no, know, he's been around for a while. Obviously, we know that by his age. Um, but he's 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 a first ballot Hall of Famer right? in my eyes. Uh, I think so as well. Done. So 100%. And just, it's just the longevity with him. It's the longevity. Yeah. yeah. And not a lot of running backs can do that. Not nope, a lot of running backs can do that. He's been in there for what? How long has he been in there? I think, for it's, about? I think it's 18 years, something like that. Yeah. 18, something like, like that. Yeah. Come on now. The average, the average, the average uh, lifespan for a running back is like two and a half, three years. Exactly. So. It, it, it is unbelievable, though. For the Jets offensively, it's funny. The top two players that led the team in receptions were New England Patriot castoffs, Chris Hogan and Braxton Berrios. Yeah. Six catches for 75 yards for Hogan and six catches for 59 yards and a touchdown for Braxton Honeynut Berrios. Um, this team is not even worth talking about. I don't want to waste my breath. I don't want to waste my time. The New York Jets might actually get Trevor Lawrence. And I really don't want to see Trevor Lawrence's career ruined, but it might happen. It might happen. It All might right. happen. I mean, he might be in, or he might be in the same boat with uh, Joe Burrows and try to flip things around. I hope not as a Patriots fan, but we're going to move on here. <laughs> Buffalo and Miami. Now, this was a closer game than anyone expected. Yeah. While Buffalo pulled the victory out, 31-28, the Miami Dolphins actually showed some fight for the first time this season. But Josh Allen, let's talk about Josh Allen for a minute. Yeah. 24 yeah. of 35. 417 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Josh Allen looks like the real deal this season. Yeah, I, and I've been telling everybody that, you know, let him get some time underneath his belt. Let him get another offseason. He's going to come back ready to play. And, you know, the first game, it was a little shaky, but, you know, he still played well. And his run, his runs are amazing. Did you mm-hmm. see the stiff arm that he put on, uh, oh, buddy? On Kyle Van Noy? Man. And that Man. looked like some that looked like some Marshawn that like some Marshawn stiff arms right there. No, that's that's big country. That's what I'm gonna start calling him. He's big country. <laughs> that's what I'm to start calling Josh Allen. I'm telling yeah, you, he's great in shorts, by the way. He's six six. But I am gonna say he trucked Kyle Van Noah, and it's payback yes. too because Kyle Van Noah tried to take Cam Newton's chain last yes, week. Yes, dipped yes. out of the conversation before things got physical, and this is your payback. National television getting humiliated <laughs> by a quarterback. Kyle of Van Noy, anti Kyle Van Noy podcast now. I'm declaring that. Of course, a Patriots fan will want him to get to get done up like that because they did him wrong with his with with their team. I'm saying, what's up with the Russ? They snatched, they snatched his chain. They didn't take it. He just snatched it off. You know, Chris. Oh. Chris, you're telling me, and when you were playing in Seattle, if someone stole Russell Wilson's chain off his throat of his kids, you wouldn't do something about that after the game. You know, no, I would definitely, me? I would definitely do something. But you need to ask the question: Would Russ do something if they snatched the chain off of him? No, he would. That's the question. No, he would. Russell Wilson. And I can't, Russell I can't Wilson. help. I'm not going to help nobody that's not going to be able to help themselves. Russell Wilson's like the dad of the NFL, like the overarching <laughs> dad of the NFL. It's, no, it's great. It's it. great He's content. It's it awesome. Sure. I love it. I love it. Uh, getting back to the game, though, Buffalo, Devin Singletary, your guy, 10 carries, 56 yep. yards, no touchdowns. Um, and obviously, Josh Allen adds 18 yards and four carries on the ground as well. But the star of the show, and we said this so many times on the podcast, guys, start listening to us because we actually have good content. Stephon Diggs, eight receptions, 153 yards and a touchdown. He is the real deal, and I bet he's laughing his ass off with Kirk Cousins being a buffoon in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely, and I'm pretty sure Adam Thielen wants to go as well. But, um, you know, Diggs, I, 
you know, we talked about him. We talked about him plenty of times. And like I said, you know, the guy is an amazing route runner and he's fast. He has great hands. He's smart. You know, he's a little guy, but, you know, he has every, he has all the intangibles you would want in a wide receiver. And he's, and he's just displaying it. You know, it, that, that shows you that he doesn't need a elite quarterback just to get off. Like, you just, he just needs somebody. Third grader could be fine you know, throwing mm-hmm. him the ball, he's going to make something happen. Exactly. And obviously the best deep uh, ball catcher in the NFL compared with yeah. one of the best deep throwers in the NFL, good things are going to happen. So I'm happy to see Buffalo actually thriving for once. But going to Miami here, Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the best September quarterback of all time. I'll still maintain that. 31 mm-hmm. of 47, 328 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't win the game, but brought him really, really, really freaking close. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He's a great – I mean, you know – we, we talk about him a lot here, you know, talking about the magic that's not happening right now, but <laughs> he showed it, he showed it this past game, man. And, you know, he's another, he's another professional that I, that I really admire watching him play. You know, they, we, we give him a lot of flack and I'm talking about we as in a social, uh, as a media marketing group, uh, we all get it. We all give him stuff. We all give him shit, but. He is a true testament to a professional, and he's proven he's pro- he proved us wrong. He proved us wrong this week. Hopefully, he can keep it going. Exactly. Uh, but the surprise of that, I think, for Miami, Mike Isicki, the tight end, eight receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Hell of a coming out week against Buffalo's defense for Mike Isicki yeah. keeping it close with a really, really good football team. And, so and don't and don't sleep on the uh, and don't sleep on the Miami's running back as well. Yeah, yeah. Matt Breida. Yeah. 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 He's doing no, 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 no. What's his name? Where's my, where's my sheet at? Where's, where's your notes, Chris? Golly, man. What is the guy's name? I'll beat you to uh, it. I'll beat you to it. Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. That guy is gonna be nice. I think if he, you know, if they keep on, uh, you know, allowing him to uh, flourish, he's gonna be a good right. He's gonna, he's gonna be a good running back. I, I, I can see the potential in him. I can see that too as well. One of my favorite games this week. While I actually lost on this pick in my sheet here. I am basking in the glory of how piss poor Kirk Cousins is performing right now. <laughs> I hate Kirk Cousins in my butt. And just for reference here, I only say this because back home, you know, you know everyone has like a group chat from back home, right? Your yeah. four or five closest friends, just the boys talking mm-hmm. football, right? Mm-hmm. And I've had this kid in my ear. One of my best friends, by the way. I love the kid, but mm-hmm. this kid in my ear for the past three or four years, just going to bat for the most average quarterback in the league, Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins gets $30 million guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract from Minnesota. He's freaking out like, oh, their NFL's finally recognizing his talent and everything. Really? Really, Spencer? Really? Because he <laughs> went 11 for 26, 113 yards and three interceptions against the Indianapolis Colts defense, which, by the way, their secondary is so banged up, it's yes. embarrassing. And yes. you threw three picks and didn't eclipse 200 yards in this team. Kirk Cousins, you suck, buddy. You are terrible. <laughs> It sounds. It sounds like when I have a son, I'm gonna let him play quarterback. <laughs> no matter if you do good or bad, bro, they they gonna pay you. Yeah, I'm about to say, Jesus Christ, Kirk Cousins, you are horrible. But I like it though. I like it because I'm gonna a lot of money off my my buddy here. A lot of bets here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, I really I really wish they'd do a little bit better though on that on the offensive end, and it's the offensive line as well that also needs to pick up on. Uh, a couple things, you know, sometimes on the right side of that line, it was it was getting a little shaky over there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, let's toughen that up a little bit, and I'm pretty sure they'll they'll they'll, they'll get back in the swing of things over there. I agree with you there. Uh, I don't want to keep harping on this, but I do have one more question for you, pertaining to this one thing, because it's really been driving me crazy this last week. 
He keeps comparing Kirk Cousins and Cam Newton and says, Who? Kirk Cousins, this kid Spencer, I'll, I'll, I'll send you his number so you can like, talk some sense to him. He's saying oh that Kirk God. Cousins is a better football player than Cam Newton. Oh, my God. What is he on, drugs? I'm about to say, like, oh, whatever <laughs> he's smoking. He's smoking the same stuff Josh Gordon is. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's my mind. I, I, I talk to him. I try to talk some sense to him. Has Kirk Cousins ever played MVP football at any point in his career? No. So the answer is Cam Newton's a better quarterback than he, Kirk Cousins. That's a simple answer. Cam Newton has been to the Super Bowl. He's on one. Did he win MVP? He won MVP. He won all Come pro. On now. He's been the pro more times. He has more wins Come than Kirk Cousins. He has more pass yards, more passing touchdowns, more rushing yards, more rushing touchdowns. I cannot stress how annoying this has been and having to be an actual argument. It's not close. Stop you it. Just need to, you just need to just disassociate yourself from I gotta he have says to. that again. Just leave him alone. Just no, leave you know, him alone. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna toss him a little cameo video of you, just like kind of roasting him for Kirk Cousins' love <laughs> and everything. I'll, I'll just do that for him. But getting back to the game here, the Vikings actually had a decent game on the ground here. Dalvin Cook, four attempts, 63 or 14 attempts, 63 yards and a touchdown. He actually had a decent game, but if you can't pass the ball, you're not going anywhere against this Indianapolis no. Colts front seven, which is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, man. Those those guys out there. Uh, the Colts, they're looking. They're, the Colts defense is looking nice. They need to they need to sure up a little bit on the on the passing game. But you know, overall, they're they're a solid defense. And uh, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, that boy's a grown man mm-hmm. running against little boys out there. He he is just doing what he wants, and I'm so happy that he is finally healthy and he's able to play throughout this year. Uh, I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed because you know things happen and. I don't know. I don't know the guy personally, so I don't know what he does on this off time. If he's making sure his body is right, though, but if he stays healthy, man, he's going to be a he's 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 going to he's going to make them go far. I agree with you there. You run the ball in the playoffs, you'll get very, very far as long as he plays good yes. defense as well. I really hope he stays solid and stays healthy, like you said, throughout the, the course of the season because yeah. historically, history will tell you he doesn't really stay healthy when it comes to the distress no. part of the year. So I'm praying for a healthy Dalvin Cook down the line here. But going to the Colts side of the ball, Phillip Rivers, 19 of 25, 214 yards, a touchdown in the pick. Let's not be you know, kid ourselves here. Phillip Rivers did not win the game for the Colts. You know who no. did? Our guy, Jonathan Taylor, 26 carries, 101 yes, yards sir. and a touchdown. We've been on this for weeks. He was the mm-hmm. best running back in this draft class, and he's finally showing it here in week two. Yeah, no, he definitely is, man. He was, he's, he was making some, uh, some great runs, some hard ones as well, because he was going out there, and it wasn't like he was avoiding contact. Mm-hmm. He was laying the boom sometimes. So uh, I, like him. I like him a lot. And, yeah, uh, you know, Phillip Rivers, he's just getting by, uh, you know, I think I think I think at one point in time they should they should go ahead and try to work in a new, uh, a new quarterback. My guy Jacoby Brissett, the former Wolfpack yeah. member, bring him in. I, yeah. I think Brissett played very well for them last year. So yeah, he did. He so did. I don't, I don't really it was a, it was a, it was a problem. It was a problem with the line. It was a problem with the offensive line for a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know he had to run a little bit. And you know Philip Rivers can't run like that. So. No, he cannot. Well, at one at one point in time, I, at one point in time, I'm pretty sure they're going to figure that out. And, uh, Another victim of OMS, Philip Rivers. We should <laughs> trademark this thing, old man. Sam, yeah, I love that. We I'm trying to tell thing. you, it's a, it's we we got it's a couple of months. There's a couple of them out there that's still doing good, and there's a couple out there that's just collecting the check. Exactly. And that's why I need my son to be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the game here, the Colts. And this is the shock of the day. My buddy actually had him in DraftKings, one of five grand this week. Mo Ali Cox, the former power forward from UCF, turned tight end. 
five receptions, 111 yards. Yeah. He had a great game. No, he did, man. He was making some great catches. You know, he was doing some he was doing some things out there, bro. I I I give him up to him. I don't know much about him, so I can't really speak on him like that, but uh I'm 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 excited to see what he does next week. A lot of former basketball players turn out to be NFL tight end stars. Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, potentially Molly Cox, I guess we'll see down the line. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, another great yep. example. So it's, yep. maybe it's a stereotype. Maybe we should kind of enforce this. Uh, yeah. Next game on the docket here was the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Now, this game was wicked close towards halftime. Yes. Wicked yes. close. But then, my guy, MVP mm-hmm. candidate Aaron Rodgers takes over the football game with a little help from Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers was 18 of 30 for 240 yards and two touchdowns. But Aaron Jones, make no mistake, was the star of the show this yeah. week. 18 carries, 168 yards on the ground, and two scores. Through the air, he was actually the leader in the receptions room. Four catches, four, 68 yards, and another score. Where did this come from, from Aaron Jones? I, I also believe that that is a product of coaching. Um, I'm, I'm just going to keep it all the way honest with you here. I'm not told. I'm not. I'm not really on the board with Aaron Jones. Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of like a like a in between type of a player for me. Uh, but how can you not? How can you not uh, 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 do good when the defense is letting you run around and do whatever you want to do? Like right. it doesn't. Anybody, anybody can be a superstar then if you, you know, if the defense is letting you run around. But you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take any credit. I'm not going to take any credit away from Aaron Jones. He did good. You know, it's, it's still, it's still the NFL, the best of the best. So if you're out there doing it, by all means, man, keep it going. Chris, you gave me a heart attack just now. I thought you were going to say I'm not sold on Aaron Rodgers, and I was like, <laughs> dude, Come on, we talked, we talked to Randall Cobb about this. We talked to everyone and their mother about this. Just, just get on my boat already. <laughs> We're going to the Lions here. Uncle Matt, Matthew Stafford, 20 of 33, 244 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And something off the field, Matt Stafford took a knee this week before the yeah. game. And that was an interesting statement from Matt Stafford, who you wouldn't really expect to be the guy voicing his, his opinion outlandish, not outlandishly, but very outspoken like he did on Sunday. What were your thoughts on Matt Stafford's statement before the game? Uh, I thought it was uh, a big deal. I thought it was a major step in the right direction. Um, I honestly believe that everybody is just looking. And when I'm talking about everybody, I'm talking about the the elite quarterbacks that are not uh, black. Mm-hmm. I think that they're just looking around to see, all right, who's going to go first. That's what I've been uh, kind of looking at, uh, kind of seeing throughout my time in the NFL. Uh, and now, you know, everybody is just, you know, everybody is. Just, doesn't want to rock the boat. Nobody wants to rock the boat because we know how the fans are. The fans get crazy. And, you know, the fans will play. I mean, the fans will be a big part in uh, your decision or if you're going to stay there or you're going to leave because, you know, they make they make it they make noise and they'll let you know if you're doing good or not. And if you're doing good, they'll still make noise and let you know that you're not work worthy to be there. So Mm -hmm. uh, it was a great it was a great uh, statement. And I hope in further that there are more quarterbacks that step into the light and uh, do the same thing. Definitely, definitely. And honestly, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but honestly, I don't even, I don't, I don't even care if you, you know, if they take a near or not. Just being able to voice your opinion on a platform that you have set up for you, um, uh, 
and and voicing your uh your your voicing yourself for equality for everyone is something that would go even further than just taking a knee for me i would agree with that as well get back to the game though before we get too derailed here adrian peterson old man peterson seven mm-hmm. attempts 41 yards led the the backfield in detroit here ap is not done and I'm just counting down the yards to the actual digit until he reaches 1,000. Because if he reaches 1,000 on his third team at, what, 38 years old? 38. Top five all time. And I'm ready to yeah, say no, that definitely. right here and now. Definitely. No, no, no doubt about it, man. He's, he is a professional along with uh, uh, Frank Gore. You know, th- those two guys are very hard workers, and I just love seeing them play, man, because everybody keeps on counting them out. They keep on bouncing around from team to team. You're talking about first ballot Hall of Famers, and they're out here bouncing around from team to team. It sucks, but, you know, it's a little – it's a little – it's a little uh, – little gloating in people's faces when, you know, you see that these guys are still balling out. Definitely, definitely. Going to the receiving aspect of Detroit's offense here. TJ Hawkinson, four receptions, 62 yards, no touchdowns. But an interesting little tidbit right below Hawkinson was DeAndre Swift, the player, the rookie, who dropped a touchdown against the Chicago Bears to lose in the game. They didn't shy away. Five receptions on five targets, 60 yards, no scores, but a kind of a good bounce-back game for the rookie in Detroit. No, that's definitely that's definitely good, man. I'm glad to see that he was able to come back in, uh, you know, contribute to the game in a positive way and uh, kind of just, you know, shake off that rust. You know, shake off that 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 drop. Drops happen. We're, we're, you know, we're just going to be honest here. Drops happen, even for receivers. Uh, but you know, he's 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 a good player. I, I can't wait to see what he does next week. Definitely, the craziest game in the weekend, and I watched this thing from start to finish. The Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons. Final score, man, forty to thirty-nine in a nail biter toward the very end. My nails are gone. <laughs> I, I had long nails, and I was sitting up there fidgeting and breaking them off. I'm like, man, this is a good game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So Dak Prescott on the day, thirty-four of forty-seven, four hundred and fifty yards through the air and a touchdown. But where Damn. he made, where he had his damage was on the ground. Five carries, only 18 yards, but three scores on the ground. What are your thoughts on Dak Prescott coming back and winning this game against Atlanta? Pay him. That's my thoughts. You need to pay the man. He is great. He is, he's, he's showing that he deserves it. And the leadership that he shows, even though he's had the hardship uh, this offseason with his brother, um, he still comes back and he's still playing uh, at an elite level. He's getting the ball out on time. He's, you know, he's making things happen. He's just being an all-around leader, which is what you want your quarterback to be. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I would agree with you there, too. It just annoys me because as a quarterback who has three number one receivers in your arsenal and they have zero touchdowns in this game, as close as the game it was, you put 40 points, you can't get him a single score. That's what annoys me. It's, it's not a detrimental thing to the offense, but it definitely annoys me. C.D. Lamb yeah. had a great game, though. Six catches, 106 yards. And actually, just below Amari Cooper, we talked about earlier, another six catches, another 100 yards and no mm-hmm. scores. But I just want to score for C.D. Lamb. Is that too much to ask for? It's not, <laughs> it's not even a fantasy thing. Yeah, I just want no, to see him succeed. You know, he definitely he needs, needs it. He needs it. But, you know, that's a part of the, you know, that's not all you can't, we can't, we can't put that all on, uh, on, on Dak because yep. he has to call the plays. And, you know, if that's what, you know, they're, if they're deciding to run the ball with Zeke, which rightfully so they should, 
they need to go ahead and accept that. You know, their time will come. You know, just because you don't have a yeah. touchdown in one game doesn't mean it's the end of the world. No, most you know, you'll get you'll get plenty of them in the rest of the season. I would agree with you there. And speaking of Zeke, 22 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown, a perfect four yards a carry. That's the ideal stat line you want from any running back, but especially from Ezekiel Elliott. So, and that's why he has feed me on his stomach. Yeah, that's a great tattoo. That is a great tattoo. <laughs> I love that tattoo. Anyway, going to Atlanta here. Matt Ryan, while he lost the game in typical Atlanta Falcons choking fashion, he still had a good day. 24 of 36, 273 yards and four touchdowns. I have a feeling that Matt Ryan, I have a feeling, I, I know this for a fact, Matt Ryan always gets screwed by his defenses, no matter what the situation is. Yeah, he didn't score when he needed to down the line. But look at it, say, say you know, everybody calls him Matty Ice for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. You know, clutch normally needs to be. Historically, and they always kind of make fun of him for the playoff losses he has. When you look mm-hmm. at it historically, you look, you look quarter by quarter, He's led in all of those games. Yeah. He's never been down. He's led in all of those games, led. And so when you're leading and you're leading this, this team down the line here and you're putting up points and your defense isn't helping you out, what are you supposed to do? You can't score 50 points every game. And I understand that from a, a, a team perspective. But, guys, get Matt Ryan some help on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I don't understand it because Dan Quinn is a defensive-minded person. You know, yeah. you would think – that you would think that they would tread, you know, they would put more time in on the defense, but um, it sucks, and it's not, and it's not, it is not all on Matty Ice's, you know, it's not all Matty Ice's fault. I think it's a combination of the core, I mean, of the uh, of the uh, coaching mm-hmm. and the defense as well, because you can't just go out there and just think that you're going to be able to throw the ball a hundred a hundred times and win a game. That like that's just not how. Uh, football is played. You have to be able to run the ball and slow the, and, you know, run the clock out. You're not running the clock out because you're out here trying to throw the ball every two minutes uh, and trying to get, you know, Julio Jones the ball. You're trying to get uh, 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 Calvin Ridley the ball. You know, these guys are, you know, they deserve the ball, you know, and and they're a passing offense, but, you know, you got to run the ball. You got to, you got to give Gurley the ball and let him, do you know do a little more work. and speaking of which they gave him 21 carries he didn't do a lot with it 61 yards no. total offense 2.9 yards a carry is that offensive line i think to a certain extent but what we're starting to see here is Gurley's knee starting to become a detrimental factor in his ability to run the football <sighs> yeah i want to i want i gotta agree with you there you know he's had problems with it since college uh, which uh, didn't hamper him. He still got drafted really high, but um, it was definitely a, a focal point on, on on him being drafted. So, yeah, now he's getting a little bit older, and, you know, they're depending on him a little bit because, you know, he is a great running back, but, you know, things happen. Times, you know, times move on, and I think they need to find another running back. Or or go get uh, Freeman back. Who just signed with the Giants as he we speak. Signed? As, as, as we're recording this right now. As we speak, he really? just got signed to the Giants, yeah. Oh, that's going to be pretty good. That's going to be pretty I good. I think it's a good fit, too, but we'll stay on the yeah. Falcons for a minute here. Calvin Ridley, seven receptions, 109 yards, and two scores. Is he the new number one in this offense? Absolutely not. Oh, all right. Absolutely not. You're not going to sit here and tell me the best, the number one wide receiver in the NFL, Julio Jones, is not a factor. You got to think about it. If you watch the game, Dallas uh, Dallas had three people on him in the red zone one time when he ran a corner route, and they were trying to get the ball, but 
there was three people on him. You can't really can't really do much about that. You know, as Calvin really keeps on, you know, when Calvin as Calvin Ridley continues to ball, they're gonna start freeing up Julio Jones. And that's always, you know, that comes with being a number one wide receiver. You know, you're gonna get double and triple team. So you always have to depend on your number two wide receiver. So your number two wide receiver has to become the number one wide receiver until the number one wide receiver gets freed up. Now, I would tend to agree with you, but there's a little bit of a reservation for me, and this is why. Okay. As soon as the game ended, and this is definitely recency bias because the game ended, they lost in horrible fashion, but there were rumors around the Twittersphere that the Falcons were actually looking to unload Julio Jones before the trade deadline and move on officially from the 31-year-old and go into a new era of offense. And there was, rumors, the, and there was rumors the Patriots – we're going to make a move for Julio Jones. Now, how unreal would Bill Belichick be if he gets Cam Newton on a veteran's minimum contract and then gets after Julio Jones in the same season? That would be crazy. Honestly, those are two uh, freakish players, to be honest with you. Cam Newton is not a prototypical quarterback. He no, is he definitely is a freak out there. And then you – pair him up with another freak at wide receiver, these guys will definitely tear up the NFL if they get together. But my question is, is are you guys willing to take uh, Julio Jones or Odell Beckham? See, after Odell's performance on uh, Thursday night, I don't think Cleveland wants to trade him. Because either finally, so? I think it, time would tell. I think next week's a big test for them, especially because Odell finally produced and Baker actually connected with them for the first time, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. In, in a long time last week. So next week, he going forward, I don't know who they play at to get back into the, the stats here, but Cleveland next week is the case study. If Odell yeah. performs again, they're not trading him. They're going to just ride it out for the rest of the season based on, based on, based on the potential. But, I think they will. You have, to, you have to show product. You have to give your product time to to produce for you to put them up there you can't just right. put up a bad limit and think people are going to spend high money for right it. i'm with you on that but getting back to julio jones and the possibility of a new england patriots you know tandem that's there, nuts it is nuts but you know you know what's nuts too two years ago saying cam newton would be a free agent for 84 days and bill belichick would sign him <laughs> off the free agency wire that's all that's i'm saying true. that's all i'm that's saying true. and so when you look at it in that point of view is it that crazy i don't think so and one more thing about julio jones going to the new england patriots here if he ends up going to the Patriots, what better player than Julio Jones to mentor and develop Nikhil Harry, who's essentially a carbon copy, just a lot less good? Imagine yeah. that. Imagine the things he could teach Nikhil Harry in this offense. I, oh, it would be a scary, scary sight for any defensive coordinator to deal with. No, definitely, because you can just see it from Calvin Ridley and what he's doing right now and how Julio Jones has mentored that man from the day he got drafted to now. It would be it would be nice. Uh, anybody, anybody, honestly, for that matter, to learn from Julio Jones, who's been who's been at the top for so long, uh, would be a great would be a great fit. I would agree with you there. Move on to the next game here. The four o'clock starts here. Actually, let's go more one o'clock game. I forgot about the Giants and the Bears because. Saquon Barkley goes on with a torn ACL early yeah. in this game and leaves Daniel Jones on the island by himself. Terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible outcome for the Giants moving forward. But Speedy recovery, man. Speedy recovery. But I will say, granted they had no running back, Daniel Jones almost had a comeback here. They had a chance yes, to win did. this game at the very end of this game. They were never out of it. And their defense, I'll credit a lot for that. Joe Burrow Peppers yes. had a phenomenal football game. 
Yes. But let's go to Daniel Jones' stat line first. 25 of 40, 241 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. On paper, and this is why stats lie sometimes. On paper, it makes it look like he had a terrible game. Yes. He didn't have a great game, but in the end, when it mattered, he was there putting him in the position to win a football game. Yeah. That's how I that's, look at it. That's, 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 what you call, that's what you call having the winner's gene. You know, yes. he's, trying to, he's trying to figure it out. He's, trying to, he's, he's slowly but surely inching, inching his way to getting those wins that, you, you know, that the Giants need. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he continues on balling. And, you know, you know now that Freeman is there, uh, will help out with the run game. Uh, I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to make it. Yeah, I would agree with you. But the run game, like we said, is a problem now. Yes, they sent Devontae Freeman. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. We don't know kind of where he's at mentally. We don't really know a lot of stuff about him. So he's a question mark. Let's look at outside Devontae Freeman for this, this Giants running back stable here. Deion okay. Lewis, former Patriot, loved the guy, had 10 carries on Sunday for 20 yards total for a two yards a carry. That's yeah. not exactly comforting if you're Daniel Jones. It's yeah, not. That's true. That's true. That's true. But at the same time, you know, he's not running with the ones. So, you know, that's that's something that you have to put that put into account. Those offensive line is moving a certain way that only Saquon was able to see. Mm-hmm. Now, with time, this next week, hopefully this next week, after he has a week of practice underneath his belt, that he figures out where he needs to go, who he needs to run behind, and where those holes are going to come from. Yeah, I would agree with you there as well. Receiving for the New York Giants, Evan Engram leads the day. Six catches for 65 yards. Huge Evan Engram guy. If he can actually stay healthy for once and just you know, get his head out of his ass, to be frank with you, <laughs> he could be a top five tight end in this league because his speed yeah. is elite. I think he's the fastest tight end in the entire NFL, and that's not a problem, uh, I'm not saying. I don't know Who's faster? That. Darren Waller. Darren Waller, I will grant you, but I think it'd be a close race. Going to the Chicago Bears side of the ball here, Mitchell Trubisky. 18 of 28, 190 yards, two touchdowns and two picks. I find myself actively rooting against Mitch Trubisky. And it sounds terrible to say, but I just don't like him. He saying that. I don't know why. He is a solid quarterback. Is he the best? No. But he's a solid quarterback, man. He's trying to get things done with with the pieces that surround him. And you can't, you know. It's not like the coaching staff is like the best coaching staff out there. So you have to deal with that as well. Anytime you bring in a veteran quarterback to take the starter's position, he's not that good at football. But he didn't. But he didn't. Granted, there was, no, <laughs> there was, there was basically no offseason, no preseason, no training camp. Yeah, but he, he did didn't. take the job. That's fair. But I'm, so not a big, to... I'm not a big Mr. Trubisky believer. That's all I'm trying to say here. I think that yeah, Chicago, the Chicago Bears are 2-0 are the biggest fraud in the NFL right now. They, do not, they should not be 2-0. <laughs> Come on now. Both games, the first game, they should have lost to Detroit. The underscore mm-hmm. drops an easy touchdown catch to win the game. Yep. Now, Daniel Jones is in the position to win the football game with, what, five seconds left? They're on the 20 yep. or 30-yard line, right? And they, they messed it up, but they're the Giants. That makes sense. But mm-hmm. the Bears being 2-0 and are a joke. That's a fraudulent team. And I don't, like, I don't like seeing that as their record. That's all I'm going to say. I think, I, think, I, think, I think what it is is, like, they're scary on paper. You know, they have a lot of people, especially on the defensive side, that you were, you know, you would, you would look twice at when you're on the field with. But, um, yeah, I think they're, they're, they're sheep in uh, wolf's clothing. But yep. They're 2-0. and They are 2-0. and You can't take that record away from them. Going to the next game, the first 4 o'clock game of the week was Arizona and Washington. Kyler mm. Murray dominates yet another team and is starting 
a potential MVP campaign. Kyler Murray, 26 of 38, 286 yards, a touchdown and a pick, but his real damage, again, like last week, was on the ground. Eight carries, 67 yards and two scores on the ground. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray? That he is an electric player. Uh, he's opening the. He's not only not only him, but a couple other a couple other uh, quarterbacks as well. But for sure, Kyler Murray is definitely solidifying that you can have a small quarterback. If he can run, he can throw the ball. He's going to be able to play in the NFL, and Kyler Murray is showing that right now. He's playing with them. He's out there playing with them. I watched him run a uh, run the ball to the left of the field, and he's skipping <laughs> he gave him the Deion Sanders players. he gave him the Deion Sanders kind of run there the, the fake out that there lets you know how fast he is only fast people can do stuff like I'm that I'm about to say he's, he's a little legs though it's <laughs> easier he's a little legs he can just run exactly. faster <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah I'm about to say but on the ground as well he had some help Kenyon Drake 20 attempts yes, 86 yards no scores but really made that defense scared on that read option play that the Cardinals love to run and yes. when you have two dynamic guys in the backfield one being your quarterback it's hard to defend. I don't care what defense you have. I don't care what coordinator you have. You can't play contain every single play of the game. And when you can't yes. do that, they will brutalize you in every yes. way possible. Yes, they're doing a great job over there. I, I, like, I, like, what, I like what Arizona is doing. Yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins, while he's not a running back, had a phenomenal game. Eight yep. receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. This is one week removed from a 14-catch performance in week mm-hmm. one. DeAndre Hopkins, and people were kind of writing him off in the desert here, but he looks like a legitimate offensive player of the year candidate. Uh, I mean, that's, 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 that's a lot to say right there. I don't Is know. It? I don't know if I'll be able to Is jump it? on that right now, but you know, he's definitely doing a great job. He is definitely a professional. You know, he's abusing these guys out there and, and it's, <laughs> I know that people are dreading going up against these two, these two dynamic players right here. Chris, all right, come on. 24 catches through two weeks, over 150 yards, and two touchdowns. I, I, I'm, two weeks? I'm not, I'm not going against you, Joe. I'm, okay. going, I'm with you, but I'm just saying You're cautiously optimistic. I got, you got to. You got to. Okay, all right. Anything can happen. Anybody, can, anybody will. The season has to go on, man. Yeah, see, the, the thing is, the, the difference between you and me is I just go balls to the wall with anything I yeah. say and just ride yeah. with it. So I, you gotta respect that part of me, but you're the you're the only, you're keeping me on planet Earth. That's what you're doing for me. You keep me on planet Earth, and that's what I like about you. Gotta you. keep I gotta keep you reserved, man. You know? Exactly. Wait till we go on club, and I'd really keep me reserved a little bit. About <laughs> to say, all right, going to Washington here. Dwayne Haskins, 19 of 33, 223 yards and a touchdown. Not a bad game for for the Washington quarterback, but he could have a better day. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. He proved to me when he when he got drafted that he was not serious about football. Mm. You're out there, you're talking about you're buying, you're buying up cars and jewelry, and you're 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 going to the club. When you're the you're the the, the franchise, you're the starting quarterback. You're you're supposed to be the starting quarterback. Right. You know, and when you're not doing stuff like that, and I, you know, time 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 goes on, he might change because he's still a young guy, but you know. You have to be able to pick that up. Quarterbacks have to be a little bit more mature than everybody else on the field. And I'm not totally sold on him. So when I see him have a mediocre game, I think it's a bad game because he should be having great games. 
I'm with you on that. Running the ball. The Redskins actually had a pretty good day. Antonio Gibson, 13 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. And J.D. McKissick, eight uh, rushing attempts, 53 yards, no touchdowns, but a 6.6 yards per you know, attempt there. When you're a bad football team, but you have a good run game, things can turn around very quickly for you. It only for takes, sure. It takes a second for a quarterback to turn it around. But a run game at its core needs to be stable throughout the entire year for you to have success. Absolutely, because once it starts getting cold, then that's when it's really going to – they're really going to depend on the run game. So, mm-hmm. um, they'll, they'll, they'll keep it going in that sense. But I just need I just need Haskins to do a lot better. I know you, it's a lot, but it's, it's a part of the game, man. You got to do it. And I'm with you there. But the number one guy helping Dwayne Haskins here is scary Terry McLaurin. Seven receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. We're going to have to start talking about Terry McLaurin in the upper echelons of receivers here. Rookie year balls out, but he is proving to be, at the very least, a top 25 receiver. I'll go with you on that. Top 25. And he's starting starting to sniff top 20 as well. I think you probably put him in that as well. Yeah, um, he's definitely he's definitely doing he's definitely doing his part no matter what the team is doing. And that's and that's a that's a that's a key to success right there. Yeah. I saw your eyes there. You thought I was gonna say like top five or something ridiculous, didn't you? You thought I was gonna go something reckless. Hell no. I saw your eyes, Chris. You, were gonna say, you thought I was gonna say something stupid. I say a lot wow. of stupid stuff, but that's not stupid. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Anyway, going to the the, the final no not the final again, the next game of the week, the Chiefs and the Chargers. This was a nail brighter. Justin Herbert the gets Chiefs the call. Chargers. Yep. Chargers, yeah. Um, Justin Herbert gets a call five minutes before the game starts. Hey, uh-huh. you're gonna be the starter this week. Tyrod Taylor hurt his chest. Really? Okay. I'm saying, really? Justin Herbert comes into this game not prepared in the slightest to start this game, but mm-hmm. yet has a phenomenal debut. 22 of 33, 311 yards and a touchdown. Also added a score on the ground. What are your thoughts on Justin Herbert? I think Justin Herbert did a solid job, even though I wasn't sold on him uh, in the beginning stages because, you know, they were trying to give him the job and he wasn't he wasn't trying to take it. But, uh, you know, this is what it seems like now. Now, now it seems like they're absolutely giving him the job without without like without without a fight. You know, you're talking about Tyrod Taylor has a chest injury. I don't know. how I don't I don't I don't really believe that, mm. to be honest with you. But if it's if it's true, then okay, we'll go with it. But you know, you being hurt, it's always next man up, and he proved that he can take on the load. And it's interesting you say that because Anthony Lynn, uh, you know, post game press conference talks about that, and he says Tyrod Taylor's still our guy. And you say yeah. the direct opposite. So this week in practice is really going to be very very intriguing to yes. see if he sticks to his word there because Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland before he got fired said the same thing. Said Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor's our guy. And then a week mm-hmm. later, he wasn't a starter anymore. So, yeah. coaches flip loyalty a lot. So, is it going to be this week or next week? We said week five or six. Might be week three. I guess we're going to have to wait and find out here. It, it might be. Yeah, and, but like you can't deny what Herbert did on Sunday. Also, he had some help on the ground. Austin Eckler, 16 carries, 93 Amazing yards, player. no no touchdowns, but had a great average yards per carry. Also added some stuff in the air, four receptions, 55 yards, no scores. But mm-hmm. all over the field, Keenan Allen, seven receptions, 96 yards. Herbert had a lot to work with, and I think that definitely yes. helped him moving forward, as well as the Chiefs defense getting banged up, losing two of their inside linebackers and an edge rusher in Frank Clark. So that's the reason why they were down early. But the reason they came out on top, his name's Patrick Mahomes. 27 of 47, 302 yards and two touchdowns. 
and also had some help from his buddy Claude Edwards Hilaire, 10 uh, rushing attempts of 38 yards. But as we've seen in the last couple of weeks here, Claude Edwards Hilaire is much more than a running back. He's a weapon through the air, six receptions, 32 yards, and no touchdowns. While it does not scream at you, superstar, it screams mm-hmm. efficient. It screams, I can affect the game on, on all three levels. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I think. So, I think. I think. I think. Though. I think. Though he will. He will end up eventually getting to that elite level, though, mm-hmm. because you can't, yeah. You. You. You have. You have a, a phenomenal quarterback who you're sitting next to day in and day out in the meeting rooms. I'm sure that's happening, and you're just soaking up all the energy, and they're putting all their energy into Patrick Mahomes, and that's only going to spread out to everybody else who's sitting who's sitting next to him. So yeah. I think I think Hilaire is going to be a, a, a problem. He's I think going so to be too. a real problem for the years to come. And he showed it in the Houston game to open the season. He really is going to be a problem moving forward. But the two yeah. big guys for Kansas City, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, had a phenomenal days as well. Tyreek Hill, five receptions, 99 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, nine receptions, 90 yards and a touchdown. The Chiefs' offense is too much to stop when it comes down to it. It really is too much to stop. No matter who it is, is. they can score from anywhere in the field, any position in the field, any formation on the field. doesn't matter. There's always going to be a mismatch somewhere down the line. And the Chiefs are proving it time and again throughout this game. Yeah, no, that's definitely, man. Andy Reid is doing a phenomenal job with mixing up mixing up the formations and keeping people guessing cuz it seems like every time they it seems like every time they get on the field, it looks like the defense has a plan and then it totally switches up when they come out in these weird funky uh formations and these routes and they're like you know, you see them out there tapping their helmets, like changing the changing the uh, changing the defense just to get in their safe in their, in their safety deep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're doing a great job out there. You know, you can't really you know, there's not really much to say about the the the, the Super Bowl champs, reigning Super Bowl champs right now. Uh, you know, the defense, you know, the injuries, you know, that's 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 definitely going to hurt. But I'm sure they have more than enough players out there to help step in and uh, fill in until uh, those guys get back. I'm with you. Going to the next game here, Baltimore and Houston. Mm. I was expecting a quarterback duel here. Not quite what we got. Lamar Jackson, while he won the game 33-16, to had a very pedestrian day. 18 of 24, 204 yards in the air, and a touchdown. On the ground, 16 carries, 54 yards, and no touchdowns. I look at that, and people are like, oh, is Lamar losing his step? No, he's not. All right, it's one bad game. Don't don't blow your load on this. It's not a big deal. Lamar Jackson will be back next week in full force. Don't worry about it. His running has carried him through the, the day today. Gus Edwards, 10 carries, 73 yards, no scores. But Mark Ingram, big trust himself, nine carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. This team is proving to me that Lamar Jackson is not their only point of offense. They have multiple other guys that they can spread out with you and they can make you pay for paying too much attention to Lamar Jackson, which Mm -hmm. is a problem when you look at it from a different perspective because if you're spreading the ball out too much defensively, Lamar Jackson will cook you. It's yeah, a exactly. lose-lose situation. It's exactly. a pick-your-poison situation. And this is all down, like you said over and over again in this podcast, yeah. coaching. John yes. Harbaugh knows what the hell he's doing, and it's showing. Yes. Yes. I, I, I 100% agree with you there, and that's why I, w- I would like to say that not – I don't want to say that they intentionally uh, uh, played that way to a lesser – I mean, I mean uh, to that to – that, to that level of play that they had. But at the same time, you have to think about it and be smart, be strategically smart. Mm-hmm. Because I looked until to, to week three and I noticed who they were playing. 
which is going to be a huge game. And we'll get to that, you know, in the next segment. But that showed me when I when I looked and when I looked at the highlights of the game, that showed me that they're they're just planning for that next big game, which is it, it will be a big game, and they're not trying to show everything out there because you're talking about Mark Andrews didn't even he didn't even crack the hundred yard game. He had like what two or three receptions. He had a catch twenty nine yards. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wasn't really a factor, and we all know how good Mark Andrews is. Right, a person who was a factor today. Marquise Hollywood Brown, five receptions for yeah. 42 yards. He's put on 20 pounds of muscle this offseason and didn't lose a lick of speed. That is mm-hmm. scary for any quarterback going against him. No, definitely, man. He's uh, he's a burner out there. And I, I, you keep on giving him those deep routes, he's going to keep on burning. And I don't know why nobody won't back up or put two people on him because he is the number one receiver out there. Yep, definitely. Uh, going to the Houston side of the ball, Deshaun Watson, 25 of 36, 275 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Not the best day for, for you know, D. Watson in Houston, but still an, still an average game. David Johnson on the ground, 11 attempts, 34 yards, and no scores on the ground. The run game really hurt him this game, and it was evident yeah. going forward that the Baltimore Ravens defensive line, who added Calais right. Campbell, yeah. Matthew Judon, they return. Even a guy like Derek yes. Wolf, a former Denver Bronco. This defense is for real, and the one thing they were missing was a defensive line. And yeah. guess what they got? A defensive line. Mm-hmm. This defense might be as equally scary as this offense, and I don't have a problem saying that. Yeah, no, that's definitely true with that. I, I, I agree 100% with you on that. You know, Dallas – I mean, uh, not Dallas. Uh, the Texans, they have a actual – they actually have a good line, but when you're talking about you're going up against Calais Campbell, you're going against Matthew Judon, mm-hmm. and you're talking about uh, Wolf, and then uh, you got Brandon in the middle of all of that as well, and then you're talking about you got the back end mm-hmm. where you have, you have these guys in the back end who is just shutting people down out mm-hmm. there. It's hard to win a game like that, and, you know, you know, D, you know, D. Watt, he's a phenomenal player, but, you know, he can only go so far. I'm with you. With Marcus Peters playing phenomenal football with that Man. crazy diving interception Man. Uh, out of that coverage there. He exploded towards that ball. So it's a hard game to win for Deshaun Watson. Receiving wide for the Texans. They actually had some help this week. Brandon Cooks, yep. five receptions for 95 yards. And our guy, Stafford and Matthews guest number uno, number one, Randall Cobb, five catches, 59 yards, no scores, but targeted six times. I'm liking to see them spreading the ball out because they have weapons all over the field. And they need to use every single facet of their offense. They targeted David Johnson only four times. That needs to be at least eight. They targeted Kenny Stills only three times. That needs to be at least five. So while I like the, the fact they started spreading the ball out to guys like Randall Cobb, they need to do it on a consistent basis in a more yeah. even basis. But that's just me. Yeah, I think that'll come. I think that'll come along with the game. You know, noticing that uh, you know going against uh, defenses like that. Uh, you're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more and uh, throw the team off because that's the only way you're going to be able to win the game is if you're throwing the defense off. And if you're not, you're going to end up with a loss. Mm-hmm, definitely. Going to Sunday night football. And this was a great football game, no matter how you slice yes, dice, no matter who won, no matter who lost. Just as a, a, a fan of the game, this was just a great game to watch. The Seattle Seahawks took on the New England Patriots mm-hmm. in Seattle. The Seahawks come away with the victory 35-30. to Hand Cam Newton, his first loss in New England. But it was a great football game. Russell Wilson, 21-28, 298, mm. 288 yards, I'm sorry. Five touchdowns and a pick, but a fluke pick. It was not his fault. It was Greg yeah. Olson's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Wilson was the most tactical player on that field 
throughout the entire day on Sunday, bar none, every single game. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew how he wanted to do it, and he executed it to the most perfect way possible. Absolutely, and that's and that's my MVP pick right there, Russell Wilson. He's just he's just doing a great job. They they love this guy. He's a great guy on and off the field. He's making plays. He's throwing the ball. And DJ, I mean uh, DK Metcalf, is starting to become uh, one of the top wide receivers uh, in the game. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is, he is doing, he is doing things that only I would, I've only seen Julio Jones do. I was going to say uh, Julio when he Jones. Caught that, when he caught that deep ball down the, uh, uh, down the right side of the field off that DV, that was, that was a grown man catch right there. Nobody, nobody else could have done that but him. And that's on reigning defensive player of the year, Stephon Gilmore. Exactly. exactly. Who was draped all over him, by the way. That could have been pass interference easily. And he still came in with the ball. Didn't get tackled. Just brushed him off like he was an eight-year-old pop war. It was, oh, my God. Ryan, watch that play. And then turned around and jumped up 38 inches in the air just to lay the ball up in the sky. I'm like, this guy is a freak. And the thing is, even as a Patriots fan, I wasn't even mad. Because when it comes down to it, and I'm, I'm going to coin this phrase because I said it so many goddamn times in the podcast, and you're going to agree with me here. DK Metcalf, say it with me, Chris, is faster, stronger, and bigger than any defensive back in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. All three. Absolutely. And you can't, you can't win against that. You can't. He'll either run past you, run through you, or catch it around <laughs> you. Like, it's just, yeah. that's how it works. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's definitely true. That is definitely true. But, uh, you know, the Seahawks, they're, they're, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. It's, it's, it's exciting to see, you know, especially coming from, uh, you know, starting my career off there and, you know, watching Russ grow into the player that he is now. Because, you know, before, we, we can all honestly say that the Legion of Boom was the leading, was the leading, was the leaders of that team. But now it's definitely the offense is leading that, uh, is leading that team with uh, Russell Wilson at the, at the head of it. Definitely. He saved me a haircut, too, by the way. Remember last podcast, made a bet. <laughs> if you didn't get an MVP vote this year, I get a haircut. So, I'm saying, got to keep the flow going, everybody. Yeah. Back over there, too. Anyway, uh, on the ground, Russell Wilson had a lot of help. Chris Carson carved up this defense. 17 yeah. rushes, 72 yards, no touchdowns, but a great average yards per carry. Also, another thing Russell Wilson did phenomenally last night. He played the zone like a fiddle. Anytime, anytime the Patriots played zone, he'd be outside the pocket baiting a linebacker to either come in or cover downfield. Mm-hmm. If he went downfield, he got a first down running. If he came at him, he got a first down passing. Mm-hmm. You could not win against Russell Wilson last night. I don't care what defense you had out there. It could have been the Legion of Boom. Russell Wilson just played a phenomenal yeah, football game that last now. night. That's, that's different. You're talking about elite players with the Legion of Bloom. I mean, Legion of Boom. We can't, we can't sit there and just put them out there like they're just some subpar defense. They're not subpar defense. I'm just saying. Russell Wilson was a tactician <laughs> last night in the show. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Receiving the ball, DK Metcalf, four receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. Like we said, a grown-ass man. Yes. Another guy who had a great game. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. We won't say anything about it now. We'll keep it a little hush-hush to keep to the end of the episode. But Tyler Lockett, seven receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Russell Wilson had five touchdowns to five different players last night. Yes. That defines elite. That's just that's the definition no, of elite. it does. It definitely does. It definitely does, man. And he's just spreading the ball around. And I think with, uh, you, know, with, with, you know, with the offensive coordinator back there, that he's, 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 he's playing to Russell Wilson's 
uh, favor. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely. You know, Russell Wilson is definitely a pass first, uh, pass first quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but he is definitely mobile. So anytime, like. Like you said, you know, anytime that he's out there in that pocket, he's definitely trying to throw the ball before he runs. But if you give it to him, he's going to run that ball. I was going to say there, take what the defense gives you. And that exemplifies what Russell Wilson did on Sunday night. Cam Newton, on the other hand, while people were saying, you know, Cam Newton didn't show me enough in Miami, I was the first one to say that. Mm-hmm. I was the first one to say that. But Cam Newton Sunday night showed me something I hadn't seen before. In Carolina mm-hmm. – in free agency, anywhere. Cam Newton, 30 of 44, 397 yards through the air, a touchdown in the pick. Cam Newton on the ground, 11 attempts, 47 yards on the ground, and two touchdowns. I am officially on the Cam Newton train. And I'm happy. You've been on there. You've been I, on I, there. I, 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 no, hold on a second here. Just hold on a second here. Last week, I, I told you and everyone else who listens to this podcast, I need to see more from Cam Newton in yep. the pocket. And what does he do? He gives Julian Edelman the most reception, receiving yards in his career. Mm-hmm. Remind you, he played with the greatest player of all time in Tom Brady for the yes. entirety of his career. Yes. That speaks of volumes. Cam yes. Newton is utilizing every facet that he has in this offense to win football games. If there was any other quarterback outside of Russell Wilson, maybe even Patrick Mahomes, the Patriots win this football game. It came down to one play. It came into one play, and they could have won the game if Kendon actually, you know, bit that run outside instead of, you know, taking that kind of power route there. Well, but, I got, I got, I, I got, I, I, my thing about that is, is yes, they could have won that game, but my problem with that is why didn't they just run the same play that they ran in the second quarter when Cam Newton fakes the run and dumps and dumps it over the top and now, uh, I'm, to I'm his pullback? I'm glad you brought that up because Jakob Johnson actually a favorite in the New England community because he came mm-hmm. over from Germany and was one of like the, the NFL Europa players and actually made okay. the roster for a second year, which we were so happy to see that for him because he's a hard player, hard-nosed mm-hmm. guy, and just a grindy guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he has his first touchdown catch of, the, of, of the, his career and Cam Newton's mm-hmm. first touchdown catch or pass as a New England Patriot. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the play selection there because I was screaming at my team. My girlfriend was yelling at me, shut up, shut up, I'm trying to go to sleep <laughs> because you didn't run an RPO. Mm-hmm. They put in out of eleven total players on the offensive side. They put in nine offensive linemen, yeah. nine, and a yeah. fullback. That's it. Was anyone surprised when Cam Newton ran that ball? No, no one was surprised. We all know it was coming. And he's not Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. He, I don't care what you say. He's not Derrick Henry at all. In this offense, at the two, I think two or three yard line, right? Two or three, three yard line, right? right. Two. You can have Edelman out there on the on the, on the, on the wide out there, right? Sony Michelle in the backfield. Run a goddamn RPO. If, <laughs> if, if, there's a, if there's a lane for Michelle to run through, hand it off to him. If not, run an option route with Edelman. He either comes back or does that famous Ziggy loves, or Camden plunges the ball in. Because if you're running a pass game, they can't send all of their players at you. That's all I'm saying. If you run an RPO, they probably would have scored in that play. You know what's funny? You know what's funny is that all – and I'm going to include you. Everybody got on the Seahawks for throwing a ball on the one-yard line, but now you're here as a Patriots fan mm-hmm. telling your quarterback to throw the ball? Yeah, I am, 100%. I stand by that, 100%. Yeah, I do. 
I do. That because, is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Okay, hear me out. When Russell Wilson did it, right, as stupid as it was, right, mm-hmm. you have Marshawn in the backfield still. Mm-hmm. It could have been a read option. It could have been any number of plays. When Cam Newton lined up on that play on Sunday night, mm-hmm. the final play of the game, no one thought pass. No one. There was not a running back in the game. They're going to hand off to Jakob Johnson. It's Cam mm-hmm. Newton or bust. And we all knew that was going to happen. That's what pisses me off. That's the difference. But I'm glad you brought up uh, Pete Carroll's play call decisions here. Because the only reason the Patriots even got back in the game is because Pete Carroll called a pass, a 40-yard pass downfield of like 32. He could have ran the ball and just ended the game. But, I mean, you know, you, you're, trying to, you're, trying to embarrass, you're trying to embarrass somebody. I think that's what it was because of the history that we had with the Patriots. But, you know, I uh, definitely – I, I would have I went for it. I'm not going to lie to you. I would have went for it. I would have done it. There were seconds away, or like I'd say probably two yards away, from being memed again. The yeah. same thing would have happened. They would have yeah. brought it up over and over again. The Seahawks passed on third and two. That just shows you how hilarious. much confidence he has in his defense. That's all it is. I'm talking I, about I Jamal Adams is out there <laughs> creating a muck out there. I have to and say, Bobby Jam- Wagner is still on his is still on his high note. Jamal Adams played a phenomenal football game last yes. night. He had yes. a he had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He had six total tackles and assisted on four of them. Mm-hmm. This guy is a legitimate superstar. And I said this before the season started. He's the best safety in the NFL, and he's proving Absolutely. why right now. Absolutely. Getting back to the Patriots, though, Sony Michelle had a bad day on the ground. Seven attempts for 19 yards and zero touchdowns. And I clowned him at the beginning of the season as a Patriots fan. And you were like, no, why, what the hell are you talking about with Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle, his rookie year, has a phenomenal rookie year, especially in the postseason. He has one of the best yeah. postseason of any running back in NFL history. Yeah. Helps win a Super Bowl. Last year, James Devlin goes down with an injury. Actually, ends his career. That's why Jacob Johnson's on the roster in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so does David Andrews, the center for the New England Patriots, who is the mm-hmm. anchor of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle was dog shit last year. And the reason why is because Sony Michelle needs a legitimate fullback and an mm-hmm. elite offensive line to be effective. Because unlike guys that are franchise running backs, like a LaShawn McCoy or like an Adrian Peterson – he needs someone to guide him into the second level. And even after he's been guided into the second level, he can't make the first guy miss. He just goes down. He takes him for three or four yards, but he can't make him miss. And I hate that because when you spend a first-round pick on a running back and you miss, that's mm-hmm. always going to haunt you for the rest of the time he's on the roster, yeah. especially considering his Georgia teammate, Nick Chubb, who is a franchise running back, was still on the, ro- still on the draft board, and he actually ended up going around later. That's mm-hmm. what grinds my gears about Sonny Michelle the most. Yeah, but I mean, Sonny Michelle, he can he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. You know, it's just a different type of runner. Can he That's catch the ball though? Not a, yeah, what? Can he catch the ball though? Sonny Michelle in the NFL, he's shown me. Watching last year, did we watch last year? You're talking about he was Chris. Look at the stats. This dude, Look at the stats. This, this dude, this dude came out of the game with at least three or four catches a game. I think you're watching the wrong guy, buddy. I'm looking at the stats Sonny right Michelle. now. Sonny Michelle. Michelle. How about James White? Are you talking about Sonny Michelle? Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm you're about right. to say, I'm dude. Wrong. I'm about to say. <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm this wrong. dude. This dude. I must, has... be on, I'm a, I'm must be on with it. With, 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 uh... He's on Denver time. With, uh... He's a couple yeah, hours behind. Exactly. Exactly. I'm about to say. Uh, I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad we cleared that I'm up. I'm on because... Josh Gordon's time right now. I'm about now. to say. We cleared everything up. But Sonny Michelle has 19 receptions for his entire career. This dude yeah. cannot catch the football. This dude is one-dimensional. 
and really not an exciting football player to watch. And that's what really mm-hmm. pisses me off about Sony Michelle. I, but, I think he's just a hard nose. He's a hard nose runner. He doesn't do all the juking and stuff like that. But he will. He will come in there and hit you. I don't now, know. Now, yes, I, I'm do, not do on you, Sony Michelle. Does he train. need? Does he need some help? I think so. Everybody needs help. Uh, at, Franchise at running backs don't need help. No, nah, that's a lie. That's a no. lie. LaShawn McCoy had a bad offensive line for the first five years of his career and was the most dynamic running back in the entire NFL. That's one, that's one person, but you're looking at what, – what, what about – franchise uh, running backs. What about, what about Marshawn Lynch when he was with Buffalo? Marshawn Lynch well, – first of all, it's Buffalo. They were the most incompetent organization for like I'm 10 plus saying, years. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He needed help. All right, look at Jamal Charles. Okay, okay. I'm Jamal saying, like, like th- I guess there's examples to go back and forth. I will grant you that. But yeah. I'm saying Sonny Michelle – where he was ranked after his rookie year has been a colossal disappointment for at least for Patriots fans. And I think they should be on, in the NFL on a larger scale. I think the perception of what Sonny Michel is, he's had the same amount of effect he's had in his rookie year. The mm. problem is they're not actually watching the football games, these national media yeah. guys. And they're thinking, oh, they're Sonny Michel. They're fine at running back. We're not fine at running back. James White, and I want to say this before we move on here. I want to give my condolences to James White. His parents yeah. actually died in a car crash right before the yeah. game started. His dad actually ended up dying, former police chief in Miami. And his, his mother, I think, is still in critical condition uh, yeah, I'm sorry in, in Florida. Man. And it was, it was a terrible loss. Our hearts go out to the White family in general. Definitely. All and, and it, was, it, was, it was a horrible, horrible tragedy. And we, we were hoping James the best of luck in his grieving process. Absolutely. Um, definitely. But getting back to the game here, Nikhil Harry, who actually surprised a lot of people last night, eight catches, 72 yards, and no touchdowns. He could have gone in in the two-yard line there. And people were kind of mm. getting on him on Twitter and Instagram mm. and stuff for not kind of pushing his way in there. But I'll tell you what I can get. Because Nikhil Harry showed me something last night he hasn't shown me throughout his entire career. The ability to go get the football in tough situations, which we yeah. need to see from him because that's his main you know, attribute coming out of college. That was the yes. main thing we drafted him for. And so it was nice after he got his head taken off by Quandre Diggs <laughs> to actually catch the ball. That's what I like to say. That's all I'm going to say about Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Definitely. I don't. I, I still. I still think. I still. I still think the Patriots is gonna make the wild card. Uh, so I'm not sold in the Patriots win the division yet either. I have, I have Buffalo yeah. winning the division still. Yeah. Um, but that could change. So let's get into Monday Night Football, which was a great night to be a Las Vegas Raiders fan. <laughs> the Raiders take a 34-24 victory over Drew Brees and New Orleans Saints. Mind you, it was the Saints without Michael Thomas. Yeah. And this is a statement to every. Uh, person on you know social media across the NFL you know community that clown Michael Thomas for only being able to run three routes. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, guys? Those three routes cost you a football game tonight, and it showed exactly. how important Michael Thomas is to this offense. Exactly. Does he run slants, zigs, and outs a lot? Yeah. Does he do it better than anyone in football? You're goddamn right he does. And they put some respect on Michael Thomas's name. You only need one thing to make you make you ha- uh, to make it happen in the NFL. He has three. Exactly, I'm with you there. The Saints that on sounds the- like that sounds like a hundred million dollar man to me. Exactly, I'm with you on that as well. But Chucky gets his second victory as oh, oh not as a Raiders head coach, but in this young NFL season. Derek mm-hmm. Carr, 29 of 38 for 283 yards and three touchdowns, no turnovers. That's what we need to see from Derek Carr. If yes, he takes exactly. care of the football, let's Josh Jacobs cook like he will week in and week out and essentially plays the Ryan Tannehill role, if not a, mm-hmm. a more impactful role than Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. this team will go places. And I'm excited to see John Gruden kind of commandeering this team. And I'm sure he sat down with Derek Carr at the beginning of this year and said, hey, Derek, 
last season was kind of a bust for you. We were on hard knocks. Eyes were on you. We didn't really live to expectations. We're paying you $25 million a year. You're not worth the money right now. I'm sure you said, Chucky has no problem saying that. I'm sure you sat, no, you sat down all, and said, you're not worth the money. This is your last year showing me something right out the door. And Derek Carr is making good on that opportunity. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're keeping it real basic for him. You know, his, his you know his safety blanket was uh, was Darren Waller, mm-hmm. uh, but everyone knowing, needs a banky, Chris. Everyone needs a banky. <laughs> knowing 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 Gruden and and Mayock, they're gonna get back there because you know they all you know everybody calls him the the master of coaching and play calling and stuff like that. They're gonna start getting a little tricky over there, mm-hmm. and it's gonna start confusing some people and. The one person that it doesn't need to confuse that I think it will is Derek Carr. I can see that happening as well. That's going to be the way. That's going to be that. That's going to be the one single tool that's going to mess up Derek Carr's whole year. Maybe, but I want to see it first. I'm not completely sold on that that idea line yet. All right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up. I'm glad you brought up Mike Mayock because he gives kids like me a dream. I've been covering. I've been covering the. I've been covering the NFL draft for about. I think five years now. I'm in my first mock draft uh-huh. when I was 15. Uh-huh. And Mike Mack was the, always the gold standard for NFL mock drafts. He always released one mock draft. It was always right before the draft started, right? He was mm-hmm. the gold standard. Yes, sir. And after, I think, I'm sure 20 plus years or so, he gets hired as a general manager of an actual NFL football team. That's my dream. Honestly, when I say <laughs> that, that's my dream. Being a 20-year-old covering the NFL Combine last year for the first time live, right? I got more picks right than every single CBS sports analyst. Really? More picks right. First of all, I'm not, I'm not clowning CBS because they're a good organization. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing that as 20 years old and Mike Mayock got a GM job then, mm-hmm. can I soup one at 35? Like, can I, can I do that? <laughs> like, I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get a similar thing going. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, like and, and I'm back on this bullshit too. The New York Jets, listen to this podcast, Stafford and Matthews, CEO and GM. I'm about to say. I was just about to say that. They need to go ahead and sign this up because we, have to lose. we can make some things happen. What do you have to lose? I'm just saying. Absolutely nothing. Sign us you, up. Don't care. you don't care about the team anyway. so you might Exactly. Well Why not here. take a shot on us? <laughs> have a little fun. Make some drinks in there. We'll, we'll get something done. <laughs> anyway, um, going back to the Raiders here. Josh Jacobs, who continues to ball out, 27 yes. carries, 88 yards, no touchdowns, but just carried the load offensive for that, for that team last night. I don't think it's a mistake to say that. But the star of the night, Derek Carr's binky. The Rob Gronkowski to his Tom Brady, Darren mm-hmm. Waller, 12 receptions, 103 yards and a touchdown. This guy's just a flat-out athlete. Like, yes, he just does he so many things so well. Shields his body great when he goes up for the football, has natural great hands, and is as mm-hmm. fast as lightning for his position. Mm-hmm. Darren Waller is a top-five tight end in the league right now, and he's showing it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Uh, I, just, I just think that, you know, they need to be able to incorporate him a little bit more going down the middle of the field. You I know, agree. All of his routes is short and to the out. Uh, I don't know if that has to do with uh, Derek Carr being able to throw that or what, but I feel like if he's able to get, if he if he's able to cut through the middle of the field, he's going to be able to break for longer for longer. How about some nice little like FL drag with like kind of like the post out stuff, like the deep down exactly. the field. Like how about that stuff? Like I would love exactly. to see that with Darren Wall. And then and then I'm also going to say this. I got to say this because I have not been on Jacob's side none since he's been with the Raiders. I didn't think he would pan out. But he's proven me wrong, and I and I like it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like it. He's doing a great job out there. He's carrying the load, uh, you know, for that run. I mean, for that run tandem that they have back there. 
Yeah, definitely. Going to the other side of the, the football here, Drew Brees had a tough night without his, his number one receiver. Yeah. 26 yeah. to 38, 312 yards and a touchdown. I will say, though, it was a valiant effort by Alvin Kamara to make up for that hole that, he, that they were missing with Michael Thomas. 13 yeah. carries, 79 yards and two scores on the ground. But he led the entire team in receptions as well. Nine receptions for 95 yards, no scores. I was gonna say, I was gonna say when I was watching the game, I'm like, dang, is 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 Kamara a receiver or is he a running <laughs> back? Because every time he dropped back, he threw it directly to him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, well, you you need a pinky in this offense, especially considering Drew Brees is as old as he is, and he yeah, likes those yeah. slants and outs and short routes that Michael Thomas yes, does. does so well. And so when yeah. you're missing a guy like that in your offense, you need to spread the one weapon you have left all over the field. And, they, and Sean Payton, to his credit, did that. But it yeah. just was not enough to keep up with the, the, the Raiders' pace of play. Yeah, it was, a hard, it was a hard game. It was a hard game for them. They, they, they was trying to hold him off. But, you know, John Gruden and company definitely, uh, they did good. They played their game. They played the game. I agree with you there. All right, that wraps up week two for the NFL season. Um, a couple of impressions just right off the bat. Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are running away with MVP right now. Kyler Murray's yeah. kind of trailing in the background there. He's still in there. Not dark horse quite yet because it's early in the year. But as of right now, it's Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers neck and neck. Yes. Also, a little, little side note here. Me and Chris are killing the picks, by the way. Chris, Absolutely. Chris only had one loss, and it was the Saints Raiders, which no one saw coming. So we can even, even negate that. CEO. Exactly. And I got I had three losses on the GM. The, the, the CEO fires the GM. That's how it works. You're in charge of me. That's how it works. Um, but seriously, guys, we have valuable knowledge. It's kind of cool to see it pay off. It really is nice to see. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't know how, you know, how your picks was gonna go, you know, this week. I thought you were, you know, a little off. You know, because you know, you know, you you like to you like to live on the wild side a little yes, bit. Yes, I do. So I was like, okay. I'll let you go with it, but you came through. You came through. You only had three losses. I think it's. I think that's definitely admirable. That's 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 something that needs to be uh, commended. My bookie would disagree with you, but thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, going into week two, uh, three here in the NFL season. I can't believe it's week three already. It's flying by as it always does. Um, but we have some good games this week on the, the docket here. We're gonna start with Thursday night football, the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Now on paper. After I said it, it doesn't really excite me. We're going to dive a little bit deeper in here. Gardner Minshew is in the midst of Minshew mania. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick plays his best football in September. He showed it last week. So this actually might be a better game than people realize. Miami gave B- Buffalo a huge run for their money towards the end of the game on Sunday. And Jacksonville should have knocked, out, knocked off the Titans, if, if not for a couple you know, costly mistakes on Gardner Minshew's behalf. So it might be a better game than people realize. Who are you taking here, Chris? Uh, I, first off, I want to say I agree with you on that. Uh, Miami, Miami might give Miami might give Jacksonville a run for their money for real, and they might they might give them they might come out with the win. But I'm definitely gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang my hat on Jacksonville. Oh. I think that they're just gonna be they're gonna be uh, a little bit more polished than Miami. I'm going with Jacksonville as well because I'm for the mustachioed man himself, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Yeah, ben, I'm right there with look, you. Look, his look is we just. We need to go get the headband too. We need to go get a headband. Yeah, fake mustache. I'll do, the, I'll do the whole thing. I'll do, I'll do the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. Goes Halloween for him or something. You can go as Keenan Cole or whatever. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Dolphins and Jaguars, though. I'm going with Jacksonville as well because I'm on Gardner Minshew's train, like I just said. A couple of good receivers down there uh, DJ Shark, Keenan Cole. Um, and a lot of good defensive players, honestly, even though they were stripped of a lot of good ones in the yes, offseason. Yes. So I'm still going with Jacksonville. They're going to ride the wave with Minshew. 
going on to the first 1 o'clock game on the docket. The Niners and the Giants, who are both decimated with injuries. Yeah. This all depends. We're recording this on Wednesday, just for you guys' knowledge here. We, or Tuesday, I'm sorry. Tuesday. The 49ers lost Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. We're not sure if he's going to be back in time for Sunday. I still feel confident enough that the, uh, Kyle Shanahan can outsmart the New York Giants system in general. I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, I'm not uh, – you should already know I'm not going against my team. So, 49ers all the way. We're figuring it out. Run the ball. Everybody knows that's going to happen. But I think we're sprinkling in a couple of things, a couple of passes that uh, that'll shock everybody down the field. And, 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 and just for the record, Nick Mullins, the backup in San Francisco, isn't a slouch either. He actually played well down the stretch a couple of seasons ago. Exactly. And there's a reason why they kept on to him. They didn't want to trade him, and there's a reason why. Having a backup exactly. now is so valuable, especially when you have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who gets mm-hmm. hurt on a fairly regular basis. So Yeah, but then you don't, 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 don't sleep on the, uh, Reed as well. I think he'll have an awesome game as well. Jordan Reed is exactly stepping up there. Next on the docket, the Las Vegas Raiders, who are 2-0, and mm-hmm. the New England Patriots. And this might be bias here, but I see no way in hell that Cam Newton doesn't win this game on Sunday. Really? Because he comes in, first of all, pissed off, right? Mm Because you had a chance to win the game. If Mm -hmm. he bounced it around the corner, he would have won the game. He didn't do that. I heard he was watching film on the Raiders five minutes after the game ended. He didn't even take a shower. He's watching film (laughs) on the Raiders five minutes after the game ended. So when I see that, and I see the fuel that Cam Newton has this year, and just the need to prove everyone and their mother that they were wrong about him, that there was no reason he should have been unemployed for 84 days. Mm-hmm. I'm betting on my quarterback. Absolutely. I'm betting on Cam Newton. Absolutely. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. But I'm going with the Death Star. Those guys are on the road right now. I believe in I believe in Darren Waller. I, I, I told you, I believe in Jacobs now. <laughs> I'm going with them. I'm sold on them. Ruggs is having an amazing uh, is having an amazing career so far. Uh, Derek Carr is doing he's doing his job, and the defense is playing actually really well. So I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with the Raiders. All right, fair enough. We got Texans and Steelers. This is a good mm-hmm. football game, and I really don't see the Texans going 0-2. It's kind of hard to understand that point of view, especially with all the hype going into the season. Mm-hmm. But the Steelers are playing really good football right now. Chris, yes. what's your pick? I'm going with the Steelers. Going with the Steelers. Why? The, uh, the defense. That's why. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Houston has been Houston has been uh, basically crippled by defenses so, so far this year, and they haven't figured it out. So until they until they prove me wrong, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the opposite team. You know, I'm gonna roll with Pittsburgh as well. And like you said, the reasons why the defense his name is Minka Fitzpatrick, I think too. Bud yeah. Dupree's playing his ass off on the end. So hard. She's playing so well. And the Texans, like you said, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head here. Their defense has been the plague of their entire season mm-hmm. so far. And I do not want to see them go down 0-3. But I think the Steelers actually pull this one out. Going to the next yeah, game here. Bengals and Eagles. And this is a very interesting game. A, a game between two 0-2 teams. Mm-hmm. What do you see happening in this 1 o'clock game? I see me falling asleep on the couch and waking up <laughs> to a final score of, ah, I give them 21-13. Who? Uh, in favor for, honestly, it don't matter. Either one of them could take it. That's a, such a cop-out. <laughs> give, give me a personal win. Let's go. 
Uh, Eagles. I'm glad you picked that. I'm going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. <laughs> Joe Mixon is going to decimate this Eagles defensive front seven. Joe Burrow is going to throw for a couple touchdown passes, and they're going to wipe their asses with the Eagles defense. I'm going with Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Titans and Vikings. I don't even going to spend time on this. Titans. Yeah, Titans. Until the Vikings can show me that they're competent offensively in any way, shape, or form, I'm going with the Titans. It's going to be another slow game. Uh, just because they run the ball a lot on both yeah. sides, you know, both teams. So, but I think the Titans win this. The Washington football team and the Cleveland Browns one o'clock um, game here. Now, this might surprise some people. I'm just kidding. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. I was going to say I'm going to take Dwayne Haskins. I'm going with the, I'm going okay. with the Cleveland Browns. I was about to really start considering some <laughs> other uh, some other options with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely Cleveland. Cleveland all the way. Uh, they're, they're hitting right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'll come back out uh, trying to light up the score again. I'm with you on that. A great game at 1 o'clock to kind of finish the dog here, the Rams and the Bills. Mm. This is a team that are going back and forth, up and down um, with some of these games they've played. The Rams look really, really great. Jared Goff's looked really, you know, progressive, and he looked very yes. you know, competent. But this Bills defense is for real. And so yes, is the Rams is. defense. But – do I think Jalen Ramsey has the speed to keep out Stephon Diggs down the field? I have a question about that. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I'm going with the Rams. And the reason why is because it's not, it's not can he keep up with Stephon Diggs down the field. It's can Stephon Diggs get off the jam. Mm. That's the thing. Okay. He is a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and he's a lot longer. So if he catches him, that, that route is going to be off. Yeah, but I the thing is, you can't really press this team because they have a lot of weapons deep in their arsenal. Even a guy like Cole Beasley, who's basically Edelman duplicated, right? John Smokey Brown, who's a burner himself. Yes. Is, this, is the Rams secondary deep enough to compete with all of those weapons downfield? I'm not sure. I'm not sold on that. I think so. And I think they'll end up playing like a four cloud where, where they will be locked down with Stephon Diggs and, uh, and Jalen Ramsey and everybody else is going to be playing off. If they play cover four, Josh Allen's having a field day on the ground. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know how when you got Aaron Donald out there. Hey, one player is only one play. One <laughs> player is only one play. I'm, I'm just going to say that. Also, I'm praying, Chris, I'm praying. I had a dream about this last night. I'm praying we see Josh Allen versus Aaron Donald in the open field. Just go out at one-on-one, no slide. Just who wins that matchup? I want to see that so badly. Oh, please let it happen. Oh, man. Pray I'm, to the football I'm, guys. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so – I'm, I'm going to play for uh, – I'm going to play for Allen because you're just giving him a death sentence. Yeah, no, I, seriously. I, I love that too. <laughs> All right, the final 1 o'clock game, the Bears and the Falcons. I'm going with the Falcons. I think Matt Ryan proves the yeah. Chicago Bears are false uh, and they're not really that good of a team even though their record mm-hmm. indicates otherwise. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons win the game. Yeah, but I, but I, I, I'm gonna go with you on that one. I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with the Falcons on that. Uh, but please do not prove me wrong <laughs> and give up the game because you guys need to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Put that on the shirt. Run the ball. Run the ball. I like that. Run like the that. ball. Run the ball. Remind me that. Actually, text me that later. And I'm a, I, and I'm a wide receiver. That 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 lets you know a lot. That's I'm a good wide one. receiver. Run the ball. I, and I like I like I like to catch the ball. Love it. But you need to run the ball. Love you it. You need to win some games. Come on now. I like Dan Quinn. Come on, man. You know the game. We've been there together. We've seen how people are doing it. 
and now you're out here. You're a head coach that you've been one for the longest, and you're not you're not performing right now. You you gave up you gave up two two games that were egregious against yeah. you should have won, and you just giving it up. You don't have not a care in the world. It looks like he doesn't have a care in the world. That's my guy. I like him a lot, and he's you know he's a part of my my my, my agency. So you know I definitely got to rock with him. But come on, man, come on. I'm with you Run on that ball. one. I'm with you on that one. Panthers at Chargers. This is probably the one of the most interesting games on the docket yeah. here because of how evenly matched these two teams are. You saw Carolina the first week exploded with points, 30 points on the board, and then you know kind of just didn't perform at all against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. The Chargers, we're not even sure it's going to start. We're not even sure if Tyra Tyrod Taylor is going to start. We're not sure if Justin Herbert is going to start. We don't know the health of Austin Eckler. Like we don't under. There's a lot of question marks surrounding this game. Yes, it's a toss up. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers because I think Tyrod Taylor ends up starting, and he doesn't really perform. And then Justin Herbert comes in the next week. I'm going with the Chargers. Okay. I'm going with the Chargers, and I think that Herbert's going to be playing next week. And that, that, that's just a toss-up, really. I, I really can't talk it about is. that too much. It it's, a, it's a toss-up. We really know there's it too is. many unknowns when it comes to the starters and start knots. When it comes to just like how Teddy Bridgewater will react to this game after he got stamped, stomped on Tampa Bay. So yeah, it'll be but you got to think game. Chargers. Chargers has a really good defense. So they if do. he was if he if he was doing bad against uh, this this past week, you can best believe he's going to have another bad game this week. That's true. The Jets and the Colts. 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 Easy call. And yeah. it's, it's a weird that's an easy call because of how bad Philip Rivers has been as a starting mm-hmm. quarterback for the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Colts. But the Jets are really at the point where they are that miserable of a franchise. They're not going to win a game against old man Rivers. I'm going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts as well, man. Uh, they need I – just, I just feel bad for them, man. They, they need to do better over there. Yep, I agree with you. Bucks and Broncos. Both sides. Both sides, definitely. <laughs> Bucks and Broncos – and if Drew Locke was in this game, it might be a different story. But I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. And even if Drew Locke was there, I'd still be going with uh, Tampa Bay. Well, there's a lot of unknowns. I'm saying like Court and Sutton as well, a lot of different injuries, different, different ways. Exactly. But, um, the Cowboys and the Seahawks, the 425 game, rematch of a divisional game that went very, very poorly for the Seahawks just a short while ago. I'm going with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson comes back with a vengeance here and shows, hey, this is a fluke game. MVP continues to roll for, for Russell yeah. Wilson. And I just don't really see a lot of people stopping the Seahawks this year. Yeah, but and I'm and, and it's hurting me to say, but Dallas is looking extremely good out there. Uh, especially offensive wise. Defensively, they need help. They need help. Take Dallas then, Chris. That's why I think that's why I think it's gonna be uh it's not it's gonna be a little lopsided game for them and Russell Wilson's still gonna play good, but Dallas might. Who am I kidding? Let's go with Seattle. No 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 no. After that whole monologue, no no. You're, I'm putting you down as Dallas. I don't care. There was a whole monologue about how they're gonna lose the game. I'm putting you down it's for just, Dallas. It's tough. I, you gotta think. You gotta think. You gotta think. I'm an NFL player. I'm thinking logically here. I'm. I know what I'm seeing out there. Chris, you actively talked yourself out of it going on a rant. Why the Seahawks would lose? <laughs> oh, all right, here we go. Lions and Cardinals. The last 4:25 game of the week. Lions and Cardinals. 
I'm a big Matthew Stafford guy. I think I should be a closer game than people will give it credit for. But Kyler Murray's playing exceptionally football right now. Yes, I'm is. going with the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals as well. Even though, like you said, I like Matthew Stafford as well and then their whole defensive line that they have. But they're not going to be able to contain Kyler. Exactly. Packers, Saints, and this is going to be interesting as well. Is Michael Thomas back yet? Is the whole offense healthy? That's, what that's can they the do offensively? Question. That's the big question. But I'm going to go on a, le- a limb here. Even if Michael Thomas is back, mm-hmm. I'm still picking the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is on a tear right now, and the defense is playing mm. better than anyone expected. And I think Jair Alexander is proving to you that he's mm-hmm. an elite defensive playmaker. I'm going with the okay. Packers. Okay, yeah. Oh, I hear you. I hear you on that. I'm going with the Steelers. I'm going with the no, Steelers. No, Saint, I mean, it's Saints I mean, I'm, and I'm, Saints. I'm sorry, yeah. the Saints. I'm Saints. I'm going with the Saints because, you know, I'm not – I already told you I'm not totally sold on Aaron Jones, and you're going to have to sit up there. You're going to have to be uh, trying to block uh, Jordan Cameron and, and, and company, and that's going to weigh on That's going weigh on him. And then you're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is just a phenomenal player, but – you know, when you're not, when you don't have other receivers to really throw the ball, throw the ball to, it's going to be hard for you. And hopefully, the, you know, uh, D. Adams, he, he comes back for another week and uh, he does better than what he did this past week. But I'm, with I'm you going there. with the Saints. Okay. I might catch you this week, Chris. I said it last week. You had a really good game, but I might catch you this week. I'm not liking yeah, we'll your see. picks right now. I'm not liking we'll them. See. <laughs> All right. Chiefs and Ravens, Monday Night Football. This is probably the best game we got in the whole schedule. This is a great football game. And, I, and, like, I really can't pick a side here. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, I, and that really depends on the health of Frank Clark. I, I do believe in that. But when it comes down to Lamar versus Mahomes, I just think Mahomes has the upper hand in that department. And I, I hate to say it because it will be a good game. And the Ravens actually have a better defense than the Chiefs do right now because of two reasons, health and Calais Campbell. But yes. I'm still going with the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is going to be a tough game. And like you said, you know, with Frank Clark, uh, you know, being doubtful, I don't know if that's going to – that's you know, if he's going to play or not. It's going to be a big key. So with that – I think I want to go with mm, – I really want to say it. I really want to say it, but let's go. Let's – let's go with it. Let's go with it. Let's go with the Ravens. With, with, the, uh, with the Ravens. Honestly, I won't be upset if I even lose that game on, on the dog. Yeah. I, I want to it's watch It's a hard that. game. It's a hard – I just, just, just want to watch the football game. I want to sit down, have a yeah. cold drink, and just watch the game. That's just – that's yeah. what it's about. That's what football is about. It's watching be two good teams go at each other uh, in, in pursuit of that W. So Absolutely. Those are our predictions for week three for Stafford and Matthews. Before we go, we have a special guest coming on the next couple of weeks. Do we? Announce, yeah, we do. Want to announce that little, uh, that little special guest we talked about before the show? Oh, that's what you was talking about. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, well, I mean, if you really want to say we got, you know, a good, uh, a, a close friend, um, a really, really nice guy, electric player. Um, he just had an amazing game this past week uh, by the name of Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett coming to the Stafford and Matthews family. We love to see that, obviously, connection with you in Seattle way back in the day. But Absolutely. Electrifying player. Tore up the Patriots last night. I'll tell you that for, for certain yeah, on Sunday. 
But uh, it'll be great to have Tyler on the show. We'll talk about Russell Wilson's MVP campaign, talk about the Seattle Seahawks defense with Jamal Adams reinvigorating that team and a whole other slew of stuff. So keep your eyes on that on the horizon. I think next week, right? I think next yes. week we're setting it up. So we're yeah. going to do it next I think, week. I think we'll get it done next week. So we'll probably release that before our next Stafford Magic episode in general. We'll have another like 2.5 or 3.5 episodes. So look forward to that, guys. But that's all I have, Chris. Anything for you? I just want to say, guys, fans out there, I need you guys on my side because Joe doesn't know what he's talking about half the times with these picks. Like, come on my side, you know, show me the love, hit me up on Instagram, give me some comments, I'll feedback, I'll get, I'll get into it. I'll actually start responding back to you guys, man. Like, give me some comments, let me hear this, and just be on my side. This is slander. We know, we know, we know where the real, the real winner is going to come from. This is slander. Yeah, I'm, only, boy. I'm only down seven games in the schedule. You can't, like, it's week two. Like, give me a break here. <laughs> Lord. All right, Stafford and Matthews, episode three is in the books. We'll see you next time, hopefully, with Tyler Loggett. Peace, guys.